Welcome back to another episode of The Occasionalist. Matt Pagel here once again with Adam Chemaluski. Chema, how are we doing today, my man? Oh, Chema's fucking doing good. Trying to uh, get his cat to stop meowing and everything, but he's doing very, very well. Excellent, excellent. Well, if he makes an appearance, no big deal. We always like, uh, we always like having guests on the show, so... Um, it's, just so, it's just so adorable, man. It's like not <laughs> even fun. He's in his little vest and everything. It's just too much. <laughs> well, we are not doing a cat podcast, but we are going to go. We're going to we're doing back to back sports episodes probably for the first time in a while, um, I think. Correct. Yeah. When was the last time we did back to back sports episodes? Ooh, Jesus, God, the only two man. Was it sports and movies? And I think we did something by... like that. Yeah, I think so. It has been a while. Yes. Okay, so it's been it's been quite a bit, and obviously we normally do you know we do our sports like in quarters, and it kind of makes sense. We're not specifically a sports podcast; we're more or, you know we're more entertainment oriented, and we check in on sports when we can. Especially for some of these sports, there's no reason to like do a weekly sports podcast and like check in on the Cavs every week because the, the weekly update with yeah. the Cavs is they suck. Yeah, the Cavs podcasts that are out there, I, I feel bad for those guys, dude. Like, they probably started them when LeBron was in town, and it's like, yeah, we're going to have all this tough stuff to talk mm-hmm. about, let alone did they know five years later, they're just like, they're wanting to talk about the beer prices at the at the field house and stuff instead right. of the actual <laughs> game. Right, exactly. It's, uh, yeah, so that's the stuff, you know, it's stuff that we don't, and also, like, I believe me, I love sports, I can talk about sports ad nauseum, but... Like at a certain point, like you can only talk so many box scores, trade possibilities, et cetera, et cetera. Like there's just only so much ground you can really realistically cover. Um, however, we're gonna we're gonna back this. Having said that, we're gonna back up our last sports episode with what we're calling a, a sports trivia challenge episode, where Chem and I are gonna face off against each other with trivia questions. Oh yes, we are, dude. You fucking bet. I'm actually. I got to say, I'm kind of excited to ask you some of the questions that I asked. I had a lot of fun looking these up and actually learned a lot about uh, just some random shit that I decided to uh, ask about and everything. So I'm interested to see if you if you know some of these for sure. Yeah, I, I um, I'm really I, I, same same here. Like, I, I'm really interested to see, like, if you, um, you know, if obviously if you know any of these. But I think the discussion is going to be interesting with some of these questions. And yeah. I think there's a really high. Po- I'm gonna put this out there right now. I think there's a high possibility that neither of us score any points. <laughs> oh, that's very interesting. Okay, I'm just putting that out there right now. There's a high chance that neither of us score any points. Okay, very interesting. Now, all right. Ooh, man. Now right. my interest is uh, I'm a interest is on fire here. <laughs> all right. So I'll just uh, just give it a quick. Uh, we're just gonna a quick breakdown before we jump right into it. Uh, Chem and I we're gonna ask each other twelve questions. Um, there's going to be a three point question two two point question. And that leaves nine questions that are worth one point. Obviously we can't score our own questions because we know the answers. So it's just going to be like, who can answer each other's questions? You know, whoever accumulates the most points off of each other's questions wins. Um, uh, the questions have to be from, there's going to be two questions each from the NFL, NBA, and from major league baseball. There's going to be at least one hockey question, at least one collegiate sports question, and then there's just four questions that are from any realm of the sporting world. Um, I didn't put any limit on that, so I'm actually kind of curious to see how far you stretched the. Chum, I'm curious to see how far you stretched the the bounds of what the sporting world is, because I, I went. I want to say I don't want to say I went pretty far with one, but I went with one that is probably not expected. So, okay, yeah, I got a couple of left hand turns in there myself, so I'm okay. um, I'm interested to see where this goes. Okay, excellent. Um, do you have like a coin on you or nearby? 
Uh, let me see. I I have a uh, I have a video controller for an NES Classic. And well, I, let me check my desk. I might actually. Not sure why I would have coins in this desk, but I might. Because we gotta we gotta flip something to start. You know. Yeah, like Jess and I actually cashed in a bunch of our change a couple weeks ago. $117 in change. There you I'm go. not going to lie. I was like son of a bitch. It was very impressive. All right, found a, found a quarter. Um, looks like one of the, back when we were doing the 50 states with like the different, uh, you know, the different state quarters. Can't really, it's yes. really worn down, so I can't really see it. But, all right, Chama, heads or tails? Let's go with heads. I did flip it, I swear to God. And heads, you are correct. So would you like to, would you like to start off asking the questions or would you like to receive a question to start off? I will elect to receive. Okay, we're going to receive. Let's uh, let's for the first couple rounds just use the one point questions. Okay. Um, yeah. When we you know we go through, then then we'll then we'll, you know we'll take a quick break, then we'll reassess if we want to you know ask him of the more ask him of our higher value questions. Okay. Yeah, definitely. All right, I am Chama. I'm going to start you off with. I'm going to start you off with. I, I, this is sort of what I, I considered sort of um, a little stretching the bounds of the sports world. Okay, this is like my sports potpourri question. Okay. <clears throat> Founded in 1963 by JFK, John F. Kennedy, President John F. Kennedy Jr. or John F. Kennedy, not Jr. He's dead. Um, they're both. <laughs> Uh, but founded in 1963 by JFK, the Presidential Medal of Freedom is one of the highest civilian honors. Which president has awarded the most of these medals to athletes? Okay, so started in 1963 by John F. Kennedy, Presidential Medals for Sports. Want me to repeat it? No, I think I got it. Um, I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with Obama. You're going to go with Obama. Yes. That is correct, Chema. Barack Obama okay. has awarded the most presidential medal, medals of freedom to athletes. Um, but no bonus points here, but um, do you know, Eddie, can you ballpark a, uh, a guess on how many he awarded? Let me go with uh, 25 to 29. Uh, you're way over, actually. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you're way over. No big deal. He awarded twelve uh, medals okay. of freedom uh, to uh, to athletes, and it makes sense because you know the only realistically the only two answers you could have given here were would be like Obama and Bush since they had like the longest the longest presidencies. Uh, I think the, I think they had two of the longest two of the three longest presidencies since the 1960s. So that yes yeah 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 you got that right yeah you, you bet okay yeah. That's right. Interesting. That uh, what a good question there, dude. For a second there, when this was going, I was like, "Are you going to ask me about JFK? Like, what JFK <laughs> like to play sports wise and stuff?" I'm like, "I have a book in the next room. I could find that out." That's yeah. That's what like you know. I was I was I figured you know I I gave you just like a couple of guidelines for the questions, but like I figured like it would make sense to not ask something like that. You know, like <laughs> I mean, I guess I, I guess you could ask like if you were to ask something along those lines, like if you were to ask me. What what sport did Gerald Ford letter in in college? He was yeah, an All American center for Michigan. Like he yep, played football. Exactly. So mm -hmm. like that would be acceptable. But like, it's, yeah, like something about JFK, like his his off the you know out of the White House pursuits would be like way off the book. Like it, that's not a question. <laughs> right. you can his favorite sport was adultery. Exactly. He even had masks and everything. <laughs> exactly. So there you go, Chuba. You're on the board. Fantastic. Very nice. Very nice. 
yeah, it feels good to be on the board. I'm not going to lie. Even if that one's the only one all day, I will fucking take it. <laughs> all right. All right. So uh, go ahead and uh, pick a question up for me. Okay. So with one of my one point questions, we are going to shift to basketball. All right. And which NBA team drafted Scottie Pippen and in what NBA draft? Ooh. Which NBA team drafted Scottie Pippen and which NBA draft? I, I man, um, I mean, obviously he played for the Bulls, but like draft day trades and that kind of stuff. Um, boy, I can uh, gi- I can give you a hint. Give me one hint, give- yeah. Okay, the hint would be. Oh my God! It's like the only hint would be the dead giveaway it here. Um, it is a team that is really far away from where he ended up playing. Okay. Um, I'm going to say, I'm going to say the Blazers in like, what was it? 87 he got drafted? 86, 87? You were right on the, you're right on the year. It's 1987. Okay. It's actually the Supersonic. So just one state to the north. Yeah. Yeah. I did not know that. And, um, the only, the reason I put this on here is because, um, LeBron's Sierra Canyon, uh, Bronny James's, uh, school is playing. And I, I think what's the playoffs or something they're, they're playing right now. And, um, they won, um, the day that I put this outline together and Scottie Pippen's son is on the fucking team with Bronny jr. And a whole bunch of other people. Yeah. I think that Sierra Canyon team has like several, um, several celebrity and or just like good basketball kids uh, yeah, on that there's, team. There's at least two other um, children of basketball players that are just on the team now. And Zaire Wade was on the team not that long ago too. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, so that is just becoming like NBA, uh, NBA children's where you go to, to play basketball, I guess. Right. Right. Where, like where in LA, I mean, I'm assuming it's like an academy, but like where in LA is it? So I'm glad you asked that because I've been infatuated with this too. Like it's in, it's in Chatsworth and okay. Chatsworth is where the spawn movie ranch was like, you know, the once upon a time in Hollywood being the most recent kind of right. to it. Um, the, the, the Manson and all that stuff that's up there. And like the reason that I am kind of just like a, very intrigued by this is because once you get like past a certain point in LA, like basically once you get past studio city, I am like, I do, I do, do not know much. Like I've been to Reseda once I've been to Tarzana once I've driven through Calabasas and like all, all the shit up there, like uh, Calabasas, Chatsworth, all this stuff. Like it's, it's just like, it's like no man's land to me and stuff. It could easily be one of the most interesting parts of the whole city though. I doubt it, but it, like all that stuff up there is just like, I don't know that much about it. And mm-hmm. like, I don't really have a lot of reason to go up there because it's like very, very pricey dude. Like Calabasas has got like Lamborghini dealerships, like right off the highway and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So it's just, um, it's just this very like aristocratic area of town that I'm like, you know, just kind of infatuated with because there's just like no reason for me to go there. Gotcha. Gotcha. Interesting. Very interesting. All right, Chubb, you are on the board and you have the early lead. I like it. Um, all right. Uh, we're going to go through another one point question here. And this one for you, Chubb, is from the NFL. Okay. <clears throat> At 104 yards, Percy Harvin, Amir Abdullah, and Marcus May are all tied with the longest play in NFL history that is noteworthy for what reason? 
Okay, so I had 104 yards, noticeable for what reason? Okay, um, this would be, um, they are uh, like a kicks that are like a field goals that are like received and then ran back. Is that your final answer? That is my final answer. That is incorrect. Okay, gotcha. Incorrect. Good guess, though. That's actually a good guess. Um, 104 yards, none of them scored. Oh, no shit. Okay. They're all brought down basically at the one or two yard line. Okay. Oh, that's very interesting now. Okay. Percy Harvin and Amir Abdullah were on kickoffs. That they got both. That the, I think Percy Harvin got his back to the two, Amir Abdullah got his back to the one, and Marcus Mays was uh, just a couple of years ago. Uh, he had an interception at the very end of a game that kind of like no one pursued until the very end, and then he mm-hmm. got tackled at like the half yard line. Oh wow, dude! Can you imagine like running that and like like just feeling that you're gonna do it, you're gonna fucking do it, and then somebody <laughs> gets you like that close that to the close. goal line. And it's crazy to like, I mean, because obviously factoring in the yardage from, from the end zone running out, like you don't really think that like, oh my God, it's, it's like impossible to go a hundred plus yards without scoring. But then when you factor all that stuff in and kind of look at it from a different way, like that's a very interesting statistic. Right, right. It's there's, yeah, there's, there's no other longer, any, every other play that's longer than that has scored a touchdown or yeah, scored a touchdown. It's going to say like a safety or something like something else but yeah every other play that's that long scored a touchdown no fucking shit dude that's really interesting i love that i love stupid stats like that like, I know. That, that's the kind of stuff i'm really into I, this that was like the most fun for me was finding something like dude there's a ton of questions i just like left off i'm mm-hmm. like i'm like nah it's not that interesting but you know like maybe maybe we'll circle back to it but like yeah like i love that those like those little like trivia bits dude that's how you like you win a free beer at a bar yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's right. Yep. All right. So let me go with, I'm going to go with another one pointer as well. And let's stay, let's stay in the NFL. Okay. All right. So prior to the 2020 season, the Brown, you know, when the Browns were in the playoffs, mm-hmm. who was the last player to score for the Cleveland Browns in a playoff game? Ooh, man. Um, oh, shit. I I feel like... Actually scored the touchdown and or field goal? The actual score? Touch, the actual touchdown, yes. Okay. Um, boy, was it... So this would have been 2003. Yep. Oh. <sighs> feel like it was a kelly holcomb pass it was and oh shit um i'm gonna kick myself in the ass if i don't get this was it was it like aaron shea final answer final answer it is andre davis andre davis fuck yeah so what happened is is um you know they were going down the field they andre davis catches the ball and they went for two, and they missed the two-point conversion. So that's why Andre Davis is the last player to like actually score the touchdown. Gotcha. And stuff. Gotcha. Fucking yeah. Andre Davis. What a that's yeah. a name right there in, in Browns history. Oh man, dude, I was reliving that game via Wikipedia and stuff, and I like not gonna lie, like even last season, 
I don't think I saw any footage of like the Browns, like in the playoffs. Like I was just basically there for the game and you know, like I, they, I didn't see any footage of the 2003 stuff. That game was a fucking shootout, dude. Oh yeah. Like, goddamn shootout. Kelly Holcomb like, set a, I think at the time it was like an NFL record for passing yards in a, in a playoff game. I, I want to say you're right on that. I think the Wikipedia article makes it makes a nod of that. And like, it was like a fucking intense ass game and stuff. And like one, we almost, you know, almost put a one and stuff like that. I just, it, yeah, it's the, weird it, to like, oh, sorry, it's weird ahead. to think when you think like early Browns, like number one, just even the Browns in the playoffs in general, it's like, you, you have nothing really to go off of. But then it's like the one year that they made it since 99 was an actual fucking rocking of a game. You know, it wasn't right. like they came there and just laid down on the dirt, you know? Right. Yeah, holy shit. Yeah, and I, if I'm remembering correctly, I can't believe I didn't remember Andre Davis, but, like, I'm remembering, didn't we, were we up by, like, 16 or 17 after that touchdown? We were okay. Um, we were up by a lot at one point in time, and it was not, um, it was, like, a little bit earlier in the game. Oh, okay, okay. We, we were trying to, we, we actually took the lead, but we took the lead by, no, sorry, we were down at that point in time. Oh, okay, we were okay, trying, gotcha. trying to make a comeback. The two-point conversion would have um, would have done something for us, maybe set us up better to, to win or something kick like, like a, that. Kick like a field goal and, and win it or whatever. Something something like that. Yeah. They ended up losing by three points, I think. So, like, yeah. So, it, it was uh, – we were making, like, a comeback and everything. Gotcha, gotcha. Oh, man. Yeah. Still remember that Antoine Randall return and uh, – anyway. <laughs> we'll get farther into that one. Uh, all right. Man, shit. All right, not looking good for me so far. Um, <clears throat> all right, I got uh, another one-point question for you here. This is uh, another sports potpourri, um, since I'm going to dip into minor league baseball. Okay. Um, and I, I really wanted, I wanted to bring this up because this, this game has... This game in and of itself is a whole trivia contest. Um, longest professional game in North American sports history. It was a minor league baseball game that went 33 innings and it lasted like eight hours and 26 minutes. And it actually was split up between like, it, like they, they stopped the game at one point and then they continued a couple weeks later when the teams met up again, because like they just, they kept playing and it was like, okay, this is, we have to stop this at some point. Right. <clears throat> so between both teams and without going over, how many pitches were thrown in that game? Okay, and it was an eight hours long game, you say? Yeah. Okay. Let's go with. Um, I'm going to go with um, 1,200. Wait, hold on one second. Let me actually confirm that. No, sorry, that's going to be wrong. Uh, 845. 845 is your final answer. That is the final answer. You know what? I'm going to give you a point because you're surprisingly close. Uh, really? And this would have been, had we had Dennis been on this episode with us, this would have been one of those questions like, whoever's closest. Um, 882. Really? Yeah, 882 pitches in a fucking game. That's like a week for an entire team. Holy shit. Yeah. So that breaks. So the average pitch, how many pitches are thrown average a game? Is it like, like 150 to 200, something like that? Oh, it's, well, now it's like 200. Plus. I mean, this is back in like the early 80s. So like okay. 200 is like, I don't know, six innings of a game now um, between both teams. But um, yeah, so like 
probably more like um probably between like 190 and 250 is probably average somewhere in okay. that range 220 230 gotcha i'm like i just needed some kind of reaffirmation because like i was just basically like i was trying to run through like so again, normal game is like between three hours, four hours, something like that. The game is well, eight hours. I, I hope it's not four hours. Um, You're right. Yeah, that's, that's right. Ridiculous. Oh God. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, that's a, that's a problem. Yeah. Even though I have been to a four-hour oh, so uh, long baseball experience, and my God, yeah, Jesus Christ. When when they're actually opening up the field and they're just like, hey, everybody, if you want to come in and watch baseball at one o'clock in the morning, go for it. But uh, the um, so I was trying to like go by timing and stuff like that. I'll be like, okay, there's X amount of pitches in a game. This is so many hours. Just put it together in my head. Yeah. Uh, so here, here's some more stuff from this game is between the, uh, the Rochester Red Wings and the Pawtucket Red Sox, the Paw Sox. Although I think they have since moved out of Pawtucket. Um, I can't remember to where, but, um, but between the Paw Sox and the Red Wings, they're actually still both around. They're still both minor league teams at this point. Um, <clears throat> Most put outs, in other words, you know, team that had the you know, made the most, you know, caught the most outs. Uh, Pawtucket had 99. Um, that's fucking insane. Um, Pawtucket came to bat 114 times. Rochester struck out 34 times. Uh, Jeez. Both teams had 219 at bats. Um, most strikeouts for an entire. This is the most strikeouts for an entire for an entire game. 60 strikeouts. Um, Let's see here. Uh, there was something. Um, Dave Coza, Lee Graham, and Chico Walker all had 14 at bats. Um, <laughs> do you want to, Oh, here's here's bonus trivia. The, but that's the most at bats. What Hall of Famer had the most um, plate appearances? So like, and at bat is like like if you walk, you don't get an official at bat, but you get a plate appearance. Okay. Um, so what Hall of Famer had the most plate appearances in this game? Okay, so Hall of Famer. This game was in what year? Nineteen eighty one. Nineteen eighty one. If you get this, this I'll is... fucking just I'll call you the okay. right now. All right, so this is Rochester versus who again? The Paw the Paw Sox. Pawtucket Red Sox. Pawtucket is where? Uh, also in New York. Pawtucket, uh, Rhode Island. I don't know. Uh, okay, okay, just uh, just. So all... none of that's gonna help you. Just take okay, any yeah, fucking okay. guess. Okay, I'm going to go with um, Cal Ripken Jr. Holy fucking shit. Is that the answer? That's the answer. Are you fucking serious? I'm being dead serious. Cal Ripken had 15 at-bats, or 15 plate appearances, along with Dallas Williams and Tom Eaton. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, um, uh, yeah, just had no idea. That was the luckiest guess in the world. But there you That's, go. Fucking I mean, K. there's Cal no... There's no methodology behind that. That was just yeah. I don't know why you were asking guys. questions about where they were. I'm like, that's well, not because, help you. Oh, well, no, because like I, I was trying to think of like if I anybody like okay, like just saying somebody from New York, maybe they end up in the Rochester thing. You know, if I knew like famous athletes, like their birth location, it just it was a dumb logic train to follow. But I was grasping. Yeah, baseball doesn't work like that, so it's it's fine. But uh, yeah. hey, there you go, Chum, fucking scoring here. I really like, yeah. This is where uh, not having Dennis here right now kind of hurts us because I have a couple questions that are sort of like, you know, t- whoever's closest, right? You know what I mean. So like, I, I guess I'm gonna have to. Ref- I can I can reform like one of them. So um, doesn't really matter. Not that big of a deal. But Chema on the board again. You're leading two nothing, man. Yeah, Jesus Christ! If uh, you were to tell me like a couple days ago that I would even have one point in this, I would have said yeah, right. But the fact <laughs> I have two. Like, all right, yep, feeling frosty here. Like, it's been a while since I've done trivia too. Like, I, uh, 
man, you should try to hear me explain where the grocery store is. Like, it's not fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, okay. So let's see here. Let's, uh, let's stick with baseball. Okay. Um, which pitcher threw Barry Bonds his 715th home run? 715th? Yep. Um, oh, man. Any is there any hint I can get here? He is Asian. The pitcher. Um, uh, Hinjin Ryu. Is there any way you could spell that? Because like I R Y U. Okay. Okay. No. Sorry. Okay. That is not it. Sorry about that. No. <laughs> Who is it? Okay. Okay. It's um. Jun Hun Kim. Oh, like so a, not Ryu at all. <laughs> no, 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 no. I like for a second, like I the Ryu part I thought might have been the middle name, like for a second there. My my bad. I misheard that. Um yeah, I cannot pronounce this as a Byung Hung Kim. Byung Hung Kim for the yeah. for the for the Colorado Rockies. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, you gotta learn how okay. to read. That that's helpful. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. Like I there's I have been trying to get better about this. Um, California is obviously a little bit more diverse than Ohio. I've been trying to get b- with pronunciations and stuff like that. I'm getting better at it, but it's, it's slow, dude. It's, it's really slow. Like there's just um, for a lot of new things to keep track of as far as like how to pronounce stuff and everything. You'll get there. I mean, you know, you're a white guy. I get it. Yeah. I'm a white guy from like Northeast Ohio <laughs> and stuff like that. So like, even like even people who are Asian in our schools were named Roger and stuff, you know what I'm saying? So like, it's, uh, it's, it's something that I, you know, I believe me, this is, I'm really ignorant here. Like it's something that I got to get better with as far as pronunciations go. Yeah. I gotcha. Um, yeah, it's what's always, and it's always funny to me, like white people from our area will flawlessly pronounce your name and like trip over like Ramirez. Yeah, no I'm like, shit, right? Your name has vowels that shouldn't be in there. <laughs> right. A and lot Ramirez of them. <laughs> is like very straightforward. Like, how can you not fucking pronounce that? Anyway. anyway. Oh, yeah. No, I understand what you're saying, dude. I completely understand. <laughs> All right. Man, fucking over three. All right. Um, yeah, B, uh, but uh, Byung Hung Kim, uh, do you know who gave up Bonds' uh, 756th? Uh, yes, it's Ubaldo Jimenez. And that's Mike Bassick. Mike Bassick. Okay, so Obaldo Jimenez was his last home run. I believe so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay, sorry. Yep, gotcha. Okay. Uh, All right. So, right now we are at... uh, Chubby, you're beating my ass right now for three questions, two to nothing. Um, Admittedly, it kind of gave you one, but that was such a good ballpark answer. And then you got Cal Ripken, so, like, I I can't even fucking complain about that one. (laughs) All right. Um, let's another one point question here. We'll stick with now. Let's let's do let's do a little NBA. Um, <clears throat> Giff Rue holds the record for most consecutive missed free throws. Um, I'll tell you what. Within two, without going over, how many free throws did he miss in a row? In a row. In a row. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So we're looking at. Let's go with um, 28. 28, is that your final answer? It is the final answer. 
You're you went over. Uh, twenty. Okay. Okay. Twenty in a row. Twenty. Okay. I'm. I was actually surprised that this wasn't a lot higher. Yeah, you know something like it just. It seems like you could get a cold streak at the line. You know, like um, even two games of not hitting any free throws. You're you could be pushing like twenty free throws. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like, that's you're right. It does seem like a little bit low to me. But if this is one of these things where these are spread out over five games, like I could see how like by the fifth game, like Jesus Christ, this dude hasn't hit any fucking free throws mm-hmm. and stuff. So like um, the, the the length of it might be um, the length of the streak or whatever might make it seem like uh, like it's a really cra- like, you know, just like, oh, my God, Jesus Christ, like this guy went five games without making a free throw or whatever. I will two, I will tell you now that um, this was all in one game. Oh, <laughs> oh my god. A game okay. a game that he uh, Gifford played for the no longer in existence St. Louis Bombers and they lost that game by 4 points. Oh wow. Okay, interesting. So if oh, you yeah, just made yeah, right. Half, they would have won. Man, just the fact that you could get to the line that many fucking times in a game. Like was this dude like a big dude? Was he like in a like a paint guy or something? No, he was um He's like six. I think. I think if I saw, if I remember correctly, he's like six four, six five. So, okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I, well, but here's the thing. Probably they knew he was really much like Hackershack uh, back mm-hmm. in the day. They probably knew he wasn't good at it, so they just started fouling him. Yeah, that makes sense. That's a, not going to lie. That's a pretty good strategy if you know the guy can't shoot free throws. Exactly, and it worked out for her. I think. I think he played the Knicks. I think they were playing the Knicks that game, so it, it definitely worked out. Dude, I'm telling you, that is fucking weird, man. Like, just 20 free throws missed in a game. Like, you'd think that he would just even get one of them. You know, one of them would have to go in just by the law of averages. Right. Yeah. And, I'm like, I'm imagining him taking a big granny shot since mm-hmm. it was, like, the 1950s. Um, but, yeah. like, so, like, in my mind, that kind of, like, plays into it. But still, like, one of those would have to accidentally roll in. Yeah, I mean, for being a pro guy, you would, you would have to get the ball, like, even just by some weird bounce and ball rotation thing that it would have gone in somehow. Got, yeah, I gotcha, I gotcha. Man, that's, that's just, a, uh, that, that was that was a strange one, and I'm not going to lie, I was very disappointed that it was as low as it was. I was hoping there was someone, you know, back in the day that missed, like, basically missed, like, a season's worth of free throws in a row. Like, that would be funny. I was, yeah, I was yeah. just I was very surprised that it was just, it was only 20, but, but like, kind of like how you pointed out, like, you could go like zero for four in like consecutive games, and suddenly you've missed eight free throws in a row. How awful must that feel to miss twenty in a row in one game? Man, that must have been like damaging as far as like your psyche and everything goes. Like he must have had to like see the team doctor and stuff, and like have to explore his past and everything to get over that. Because right. that's that's pretty like there are certain things like with like I'm sorry, there's a majority, there's a lot of fucking shit, like not certain things, but there's a lot of stuff in sports that is incredibly like difficult. So difficult. It's not even funny, you know? Mm -hmm. And like, I will even say that free throws. Yeah. It's, it's hard, you know, but it's the, one of the easiest things to do on the basketball court and stuff like that. They're called free throws for a reason and stuff. Like you actually have to practice that shit. Like you would think, just somehow muscle memory, all that stuff would have just somehow put together a makeable free throw in that whole thing. But nope, missing 20. I my, my only other like sort of guess is because it was like the 1950s, they could have been playing in like some garbage high school gym in St. Louis. You know what I, I mean? Gotcha. That, just, that has shitty, you know what I mean? Just like back then you hear mm-hmm. stories about like, but like the Harlem Globetrotter was like playing in like a pool that was emptied. Yeah. Stuff like right. that. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. There is a, um, I saw this on an episode of Pawn Stars actually. There's like a, uh, 
NFC championship, like way before like the NFL was like, you know, the NFL yeah. when it was still the two separate leagues. There was like a championship game that was supposed to take place in Chicago and weather wise was a fucking nightmare, like for outdoor weather and stuff and uh, just like leveled their field, destroyed it. Conditions were bad. So they decided to move the game inside to a high school basketball gymnasium and stuff that was nowhere near the size of a football field. And they do, they put like manure down and hay and everything to try to like make a field for these guys to play on. Yeah. And like, I got to tell you, like, like number one, I, I would love to actually like go back in time to like see something like that, just to like know what it'd be like to see what would end up being an NFL game or even just a football game played like that. Mm -hmm. And and then, like, number two, can you imagine being the fucking players and stuff like that where you're just, like, you know, you're playing this game outside, grass fields and stuff, and you have to move to a high school gymnasium where there's, like, nothing separating you between you and hardwood floor but two inches of manure and hay? <laughs> Jesus. And they and they, <laughs> and they all gladly did it for, like, the $10 that week that they're going to get. Right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's when they were, like, able to, like, smoke and drink on the sidelines and stuff back yeah. in the glory days of sports. <laughs> Jesus. Dude, that's fucking nuts. That's fucking nuts. Yeah. Yeah, dude, it's crazy because the Pawn Stars episode, um, the guy who was like how, you know, what prompted this whole like part of the episode is he had a program from this game and stuff. And the program that he had was like half of it was burnt, like um, like just, you know, like charred up and stuff. Mm -hmm. And but you could still like read it and everything like it was still like a like what they deemed as like having value and stuff. And it's because um when they were, you know, they printed up a bunch of programs for this game that was supposed to be at this field. But when they moved the game, they just basically stuck all of the programs for it in a storage shed somewhere that caught on fire. Mm. And um, so when this guy comes in, they had to like do the expert checkup and stuff. And this guy's program was in better condition than the one that's in the NFL Hall of Fame. They bought it off of them for some pretty decent amount of money. No shit. No shit. Rick's yeah. got to go get a guy. Yeah, I know, right? He's got to go get the guy. Let's go get the hat, the beard of the, the beard of knowledge. Jesus. All right. Um, yeah, there you go. Um, Chum, I believe, uh, I believe I'm up with your question here. You are definitely up, dude. So let's go to another one point question here. Uh, okay, here's a one point question from the NFL. What team did Tom Brady face in his first NFL start? Ooh, his first NFL start. Jeez. Um, so I know Bledsoe got knocked out by the Jets. Um, and that, that was like the first game he was in. Man, I'm going to go with... I'm just going to go with a team that he... A team that he mysteriously would lose to seemingly once a year. I'm going to go with the Dolphins. Okay, Dolphins final answer? Final answer. Okay, it is actually the Indianapolis Colts. Mm, makes sense. Yeah, so that was the game that sparked the Brady-Manning Brady rivalry yep. type thing. And, dude, I didn't know this, but the game that Drew Brees got knocked out of for internal bleeding? bleeding. Oh, yeah, yeah, he oh, lacerated his, um, uh, what the fuck did he lacerate? Lacerated his spleen or something, I think? something crazy like that dude like I, you just like when you think football injuries it's usually like torn acl broken stuff sprains i just never think internal bleeding from a football game and stuff like and, and uh there was an article that i i saw a headline of 
I did not read it, but it was just like one of these, like Drew Brees almost died and stuff. And so I, I don't know the extent of that or if that headline is just basically going for, for clicks or whatever, but um, just internal bleeding. Like that's a serious fucking thing. Yeah. This is, that was back in the, that wasn't, I mean, it's not that long ago, but it was back in the day where like, a quarterback was about a step out of bounds. You could still just fucking light him up right. as hard right. as you fucking felt like. Um, like if that happened now, um, I gosh, I can't even remember. I, I can't remember who knocked out Pletso either. But, um, but um, like there'd be a fine and probably like a two game suspension or three game suspension coming towards his way. Oh, easily, without a doubt, dude. Easily. Man, fuck. I'm, see, I might be the one who doesn't score any points. <laughs> <laughs> There's some, believe me, there are a couple in here. I, I definitely see you knowing for sure. All right, all right, all right. Um, let's get back on track here, Chema. Um, I'm gonna go with an MLB question. One okay. pointer here. Only twice since 1950 has a starting pitcher pitched essentially a full season um, without having had a stolen base attempted on him. Who is the last to pull this off? Okay, so it's 1950. Only twice since 1950 has a starting pitcher not even had a stolen base attempted on him. Okay, and it has been so. Um, so, okay, so this guy, um, hint wise, is he still in the league? I'm assuming he'd be out of the league if um, to actually make this statistic official. Um. Well, that doesn't matter. Um, oh, okay. Oh, okay. 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 For some reason, like I thought, if he was going to happen last thought, year. Okay, 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 I gotcha. Okay, like, um, all right, so let me see here. Oh, I can, man, I'll give you really... a better hint. We we know who he is. Oh, we know who he is. Okay. Um, Not personally, but we, we, we got to witness him pitch. Okay, we got to witness him pitch. Greg Maddox? Is that your final answer? Final answer. It is Josh Tomlin. Josh Tomlin. Oh wow! In okay. 2011, Josh Tomlin pitched like 100. And, I want to say 175. I, either 165 or 175 innings. No one even attempted a stolen base on him. Interesting. Wow, that's actually like that's a pretty fucking hell of a statistic because like just even the attempts of stolen bases are pretty frequent and everything like that. But to not have one attempt on you that's actually pretty fucking cool that's a really cool statistic i mean to have. he's he one of those one of those um i mean we you know we remember him he's pretty athletic anyway for for a pitcher um mm-hmm. and like that was like one of the because he couldn't throw very hard um he had a great 2016 playoffs for us that's i mean had an outstanding 2016 playoffs for us um right but like couldn't throw very hard wasn't gonna out you know didn't have like stuff per se but if guys got on base, man, he had a great move, and he was great move to first base, and he was just quick to the plate anyway. So like, it was really difficult to steal bases off him. Dude, no fucking shit. Like, I, I just I think that that's a really cool statistic to have. Like, I, I love like I just love all those like cool obscure statistics. Those are the ones that are way more interesting than just like who has the most RBIs and right. all that kind of stuff. You right. Know, this is those are the really cool ones. Definitely. Exactly. Yeah. So our own our own. I think I think that I. I'm actually going to look it up right now, but I think Tomlin is still in the league. He I think he pitched for Atlanta last year. Okay. Yeah, for some reason, the way that that sounded, it sounded like the pitcher would be retired. You know, like a retirement would solidify that statistic or whatever. But well, I mean, the, the way that doesn't matter. You could be the all-time RBI leader and still be playing. 
Yeah, that's true. No, you're 100 percent right on that. That's right. <laughs> he is. Um, he is still in the league, still playing for Atlanta, and he's uh, currently got three three wins out of the bullpen for the Braves. Oh, not bad. Not bad at all. Good for him. So there you go, Josh Tomlin. Very nice. All right. Chema, hit me with the question, man. Let's do it. Okay, so let's stick with baseball. And um, okay, so this is another one-point question. Uh, the big San Francisco earthquake of 1989 struck before which game of the World Series? Um, gosh, you know, was it before Game Three? It was before Game Three. Oh, thank you God! Bet. I'm on the fucking board. On the board. Jesus. On the fucking board. Oh yeah. I I was like I'm like I know it's an early. It, it was earlier in the series, but yeah, there you go. Game Three. Yep. Fucking. It, it that it's one of those things that like. When was the last time we had a natural disaster postponed some major sporting event? Like I know I remember like a few years ago. Uh, we had like that torrential downpour for like like eight straight days in the East Coast, postponed like the Phillies, Tampa Bay mm-hmm. Rays games in the World Series. But I mean, like that's not like a natural. That's just like unfortunate weather. Is right, there, right. Was there like another time where we had like a natural disaster or something along the, along those lines? Suspend uh, suspend a game, you know, suspend any kind of series or games. There's nothing that I could think of off the top of my head. Like I'm assuming it has to be out there somewhere. Like uh... I, yeah, I guess hurricanes recently have moved football games and stuff but not like we didn't have like you know like the end like the uh, like the national league championship series it wasn't like put off for a week because of like uh, of a destructive yeah. hurricane right yeah like it's it's i hate to say it but like this is one of these statistics that i look at you like you've seen we are marshall and stuff and like the team yeah. and the plane crash and everything mm-hmm. like i i remember the exact day that i found out about this like me and my one buddy we were just drinking and i asked him i was like we were, we were talking about like september 11th or something like that mm-hmm. and i asked him i was like is that ever happened like i mean i know these people fly all the time like you know is this ever happened he told me about the marshall story and so, like, this is what this is something that, like, I kind of view in that same kind of regard, where it's just like such a like natural disasters that happen all over, but it's not like any of them really af- affect professional sports. So, like, I knew somewhere in the history that like an earthquake had to have impacted a sporting event, and so or a natural disaster would have had to have impacted a sporting event. Right. This is the one that, like, I um you know, put down for the, the question and everything, just, you know, the, the whole California baseball connection and everything. So, um, but I would have to think that it's happened at least one other time, like maybe sometime early on, like, you know, like, um, like the, even going back to like the forties, fifties, something like that, like tornadoes and shit in the Midwest, something would have had to have postponed a game. Yeah. Probably. I mean, pro- that's yeah. I mean, probably it has to have happened. Like something has to have happened to, to postpone a game. And like I said, like, I know hurricanes and like, that sort of stuff they usually like move games like if if like if it's like a saturday in the fall in the south and like florida a lot of, i know like I've, I've seen it like i know it's happened recently i think like last year two years ago two years ago uh had it been two years ago they moved um like a whole bunch of games in florida to like tuesday wednesday thursday to avoid mm-hmm. whatever hurricane was sweeping through florida um on like the friday saturday Oh yeah, dude. Believe me. Like I'm surprised that that doesn't happen more in Florida just with how frequent the hurricanes are and stuff. 
but who knows? Like, it, it might be one of these things that like happens in some way every year, whether it's high school all the way up to the pros. But we just we just don't necessarily find out about right. it because, like, that's not necessarily the stuff that the press covers when we hear about hurricanes. It's like, oh, hey, the you know St. Thomas Aquinas, Florida, like had their uh, you know their home opener postponed. We just don't hear about that kind of stuff. Right, right. I mean, I guess if you want to get like really kind of get close to it, the pandemic last year ended the NCAA tournament. Yeah, that's very true too. Yeah, that's. I mean, like, I, I don't know. If right. that, I don't think that counts as a natural disaster, but like, you know, out of an abundance of caution, a pandemic canceled our, you know, one of our biggest, our country's biggest mm-hmm. sporting spectacles. That's very true. Yeah, and like you're right. I mean, it's it's a fucking disaster. It was definitely a disaster, yeah. and whether natural, we're still waiting to find out if it was re- leaked from a Wuhan lab or lab or whatever. So I, I just, either. I, I, you know what? I still want to see if the Jewish space lasers are involved. I think they are, dude. Okay. I think it's all going to come out very soon. All right, Chema. So, uh, quick, uh, quick update on the standings. You were leading me two to one after five questions. Um, should we? Uh, I don't know. Should we change it up a little bit? Maybe uh, you're up now, so maybe uh, you want to pick. You know, either you can stick with one point, or if you want to jump up, maybe take a two or a three pointer. You know, I have no problem jumping up for sure. Okay, so you you tell me what you want to do here. Okay, let's. Uh, so we're at five questions. We got seven to go. Let's. Um, yeah, I think I got. Let's see. I'm trying to think of like. So, you know, like let's actually do um, like two more one pointers, and then let's jump into the twos. Okay, sounds good. All right, then let me double check here. Make sure we're not marking them off. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> Another little uh, sports potpourri, just from the the general world of sports. Um, Chema, which city has lost the most sports franchises? Oh, my God. Okay, so which city has lost the most sports franchises? This is going to be very interesting to me here. Let me see here. Um, Wow. Wow. That is such a good fucking question. Um, I'm just randomly scrolling through cities in my mind. Uh, you know something? I hate to say, I think it's an obvious one. I think it's like New York. I think it's, um, New York city. You're going to go with New York city as your final guess. Yes. You are correct. It's New York city. They have lost 12 franchises. Um, since all the leagues were sort of considered like major leagues, I'm sure there's probably even more, but, um, yeah, they've, they've lost 12 franchises, which makes the most sense. They've had by far the most franchises. Yeah, they it's um they've had so many like uh there's been baseball teams, uh it's like football teams and stuff that have come and gone. Um that makes sense. I, I did like um some dabbling into like older sports teams and stuff like that in research for this mm. and I noticed um New York City, obviously, because it's our largest city and being on the East Coast and would have been around at these times with people living in it, it makes sense that like they would have the most sports franchises. Yep. That, yeah, you got it. Yep, and uh, oddly, this kind of surprised me though. The t- the city with the second most lost franchises of St. Louis. Really? That really surprised me. I, I mean, just because again, the same things. I would have assumed it would have been Boston. It would have been Chicago or someone. But uh, St. Louis has lost the second most franchises. Oh, New York lost has lost twelve, and St. Louis lost nine. That is really interesting actually and however it just make it makes so much sense like it it really does like the with the cardinals being like one of the only consistent franchises like because they don't they don't have nba they have hockey 
they, like they don't have football right now. So that, that makes all the sense in the world to me, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Just, I mean, yeah, exactly. It just, it, yeah. But I, you would, I would have thought that Chicago or like Boston would have been up there cause they've lost a, they've lost a shitload of teams too, but apparently not as much as uh, St. Louis. So there you go. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. That's a really good question. That's a good one, dude. Very good. Okay. All right. All right, so let me follow it up here. Let's see what's uh, where what stroll we're going to take. Let's go to. Oh, this is actually a good one. Okay, I I like this one. Um, digging deep into uh, sports potpourri and everything. Uh, where was the first stadium built in the U.S.? Oh, the first stadium in the U.S. Yes. <sighs> um. I'm going to take a kind of off the wall guess here and say um and say Spartan Stadium in Portsmouth, Ohio. Okay. That is incorrect. Okay. It's um it's it was built on the south end grounds of Boston in 1871 and it was the original home of the Boston Bean Eaters who are now the Atlanta, Atlanta Braves. Braves. Yeah. No shit. Yeah. Yeah, I would like that one I got to say um what are they constituting as a stadium out of curiosity? Okay, so this was on Wikipedia. Give me one quick second here. Uh, there was some criteria that they had. It was like um, an actual like you know facility with um, with like wood seating and stuff like an actual like um, like a hold on a second first stadium in the US. And okay, let's see here. Okay, damn. Give me one quick second here. 15 old stadiums. Okay, so stadium, Wikipedia page. Um, they had this as place or venue, outdoor sports, blah, 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 blah. History, first thing in Greece, modern stadiums. Where is this motherfucker? Okay, it says um, in the U.S., uh, many professional state teams build large stadiums mainly out of wood, with the first venue such being South Grounds in Boston, Opened 1871 for the Boston um, Bean Eaters, but it caught on fire. Um, so this was like the one of the early wood parks or whatever. Uh, yeah, like on this page, it's like it goes from like in, into the like you're looking at Greece, and then it goes for the modern stadiums in London, um, and then we're over here in uh, in the U.S. with this baseball stadium. Huh. Interesting. I'm not going to lie. I was kind of surprised about this too. For some reason, like I, you would think like with sports being around as long as they have been that even like during the colonial days, there would have been some kind of gathering place for sports, you know, like that I guess would have been a makeup of a stadium. Like I'm, I'm very surprised to hear that it was as long as it was in the u.s without actually having one what's the name of the field it is called south grounds south end grounds in boston i'm trying to like uh, yeah i mean I wouldn't even consider this a stadium. Okay. Um, it's like a field with seats next to it. Gotcha. But so you're, t- 
because they're yeah i mean it's like a it is a stadium sort of but it's like a park so like if you go like if you were to look up the oldest baseball stadium they have this like franklin field like in the 1890s i gotcha okay i understand yeah so like i've seen some of the drawings of it and everything and it doesn't look like there's it's, it's not, not like a, i yeah right exactly okay I would dispute that one personally, but whatever. I still got it okay. wrong. So, yeah, no, I that, that is a definitely like believe me, this is one of those ones that could definitely be disputed for, for fucking sure and stuff. I did not factor in the enclosement um, in this when I wrote the question because there's like a bunch of, I mean, like there's like a bunch of parks that existed from like the eighteen like gosh, I want to say like I want to say like from like the eighteen sixties onward mm-hmm. for various sports there are parks that had like essentially bleachers like a covered section but like they were just they were literally parks that yeah. had seats in them so people could watch sports get played but they're not I gotcha. okay gotcha gotcha uh, that was question um, number six that is question number six okay. you bet okay i mean i was still wrong i just would i would i would um i would tighten that question up next time if we okay. do something like that. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. All right. Um, all right. So you want to do one more uh, one-pointer? You bet, dude. Let's do one, one more one-pointer and move into the, some higher questions. Okay, okay. Um, let's let's go with – this is uh, – oh, gosh. This is one that I have to kind of change around a little bit. Um, it's my hockey question. Let me – because this would have been much more – this would have been dependent on another person playing – um. All right. <clears throat> uh, Blackhawks forward Billy Mosienko did what? Nah, you know what? I don't like. I don't like questioning it that way. All right, I'm just gonna. You just gotta get as close as you can. Blackhawks. Okay. Blackhawks forward Billy Mosienko scored a hat trick against the Rangers in 1952. Without, uh, without going over and with, within two seconds and without going over, how long did it take him to score three goals? Okay, let's see here. So he did it in one game. Well, it's a hat trick. You can't do a hat trick in most oh, yeah. games. Right, right, right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, let's go with how time-wise. Let's go with uh, 11 minutes. 11 minutes is your final answer? Final answer. Billy Mosienko scored three goals in 21 seconds. Holy shit. Wow. That is a god damn dude. Yeah, that never happens like ever. <laughs> I, I don't like twenty one seconds. I like I've read some stuff like when I when I found this and I was reading through it. They still don't have because this is like hockey in the nineteen fifties. There still isn't like a really accurate accounting of exactly what happened. But like, literally, he had to almost like from the face off get the puck, shoot, and make it every time. Like I don't know else how else you could have scored that quickly. That had to be what happened. Like, you don't even have enough. Like, you're basically just looking at like slap and go. You don't even have enough time to really move it down the down the ice. Like, especially if people are contesting you. So, holy fucking Christ! Like, that is, man, that is really interesting right there. Like, just even envisioning how this would go in my mind is like, like it's just it has to be like just a hockey that is like poetry in motion you know what i'm saying like just completely flawed uncontested shots that he must have got really lucky on or 
maybe there was like some kind of crazy spin move or the, something, but it's just, oh, just wow. I like the only thing I can think of. I, I can't, I can't, Chum, I can't imagine you had time to do anything. It's 21 seconds. Um, that the only thing I can think of is if there are penalties that move the face off down by the Rangers goal, which happens. But again, like then there had to be time had to run off for those penalties to happen. And even if like time ran off, like, are we going to like say that like each one of these penalties that back them up happened within like five or six seconds? Yeah. See, I, I really need... don't know how this works, but this is like a real thing. Okay. So like, so let's just so you have the opening face off, which no matter what will be at That's center ice. Okay, so that one, like, okay, so that one, whatever. Let's just say they drop the puck, bam, bam, he makes a long shot into the goal. But then to get the other ones, because there's no way in hell that that exact same thing would happen two other times in a row. Right. It's like they would have. So I just so like what they there was high sticking on the face off both times, which moved I, the puck down close. Like that's, I, a, that's the only thing I can think of. And I, and I don't know how hockey penalties work that well, if that's even like how it works. Yeah, I don't think like for some reason, like I don't know if you automatically get moved right within the goal from center ice. Right. Because like, like, like I've seen that happen in hockey where they where they move the face off down by the goal. And it's like a quick, you know, the, the center wins the face off. It's a quick pass back, bang, one time or it's in. I've seen that. And like, mm-hmm. I, like, I get how you can score a goal, like in the course of a second, you know, well, two, three seconds like that. I don't, I still like, there's again, like I said, because this happened, you know, over, you know, almost 70 years ago, there's no like, gr- probably if you were to, if you were to find the clippings of like a, a New York, New York or Chicago newspaper, um, sports page f- from this point in time, maybe they have some more info, but like, I kind of doubt it. It's just sort of like the people that were there know that it happened, and like the the official scorekeepers have it down. And Mosyanko has you know talked about that for I think he's dead now, but Mosyanko talked about that for like the rest of his life. They're like, yeah, I scored a hat trick that fast. Yeah, I'd be talking about it for the rest of my oh, life sure. too. It, yeah, it's like that is like just such an incredible like feat of athleticism and stuff like that. You know, like giving giving like giving him the benefit of the doubt. Like that is that's incredible. Like that, that is some seriously incredible shit. I think it's just lucky. <laughs> I mean, like, I really, I, I, I really say that because, like, how else can that happen for you? Yeah, the, the lot of luck. Yeah, there's, there's no way that luck is not a factor in that whole thing. That's for sure. Yeah, gosh, it's just so bizarre. That was one of the most bizarre ones that I found. Yeah, really interesting. That is so bizarre. Like that, that might be one of the most bizarre ones I think you've asked me so far. That's so fucking interesting. All right, Chema, I got to catch up here, man. Throw me an easy one. Okay, so let's see here. All right, so yeah, here is um, here is an easy one. Let me get this one going on here. Okay, what was the original home and name of the Detroit Lions football franchise? Like the one it started out, the numeral, like the original yeah. franchise. Yeah, was it? Oh, shit. Um, I have two things in mind here. Mm. Can I give you a hint? Yeah. The city has been dropped in the course of this episode. The name of the city has been said in the course of this episode so far. And it's the only time it's only been mentioned once. Um, was it the Portsmouth Spartans? It is this Portsmouth Portsmouth Spartans. Yes, you are. You're right on that. There definitely. we go. Yep. You bet. Hell yes. Very, very nice. Yeah. I, which, I, 
<laughs> that was that was almost too helpful, Chuma. Come on, man. You gotta <laughs> like, yeah. make me work for it. But um, yeah, no, like it, it's the reason. Actually, the reason why I brought that up before because I'm pretty sure that's the oldest stadium in Ohio. Okay, yeah, dude. I d- did not even know about this football team in general because, like, Fort Smith, Ohio, is in a very unusual location. I, I don't know if it's as a bigger city even today, but. Like usually like if we're talking like Southern Ohio, it's like Cincinnati and then you have Athens on the other side and like Portsmouth is like right in the middle and mm-hmm. stuff. And the fact that they had a, a professional sports team, let alone a Burger King is surprising. is surprising to me. Did you so, go, you go back that far though? Like everyone had a fucking pro, like especially yeah. between Pennsylvania, Ohio, like in Indiana, everyone had yeah. a pro sports team or pro football team. Yeah when you get down into that area of the state and like the river and stuff like the river towns and shit that are down there, like there's population along that river for, for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I did like, I remember like looking at like Zanesville or something like one, one of the cities that are down there as I was kind of passing through on my way to Pittsburgh and stuff. And like, I was like, Oh, Holy shit. Like look at all these buildings along the river and stuff. Like I, there was actual population. So I, you back then and stuff being like, you know, older and the rivers being more of like a transportation and shipping and stuff like that. It was probably like a, a stop on the way from Pittsburgh to Cincinnati or something like probably. that. And it just happened to spark a population. And yeah, stuff. probably. Yeah. yeah, no, probably. Man, my random knowledge of Portsmouth um, professional football really paid off this time. Uh, fuck yeah, dude. It's going to be the only time, but if there's ever a time to know anything about Portsmouth, Ohio, <laughs> today is the day. Thank goodness. <laughs> Thank goodness. I, I was like, I was really worried I was going to get one question right. <laughs> like, legitimately worried. <laughs> no, that, All was right. like, that was one, like, I, I did not know. I was very okay. surprised. And, like, you know, all the whole, like, original NFL teams and stuff, like, I, I saw a couple different articles as to what the original NFL teams are and stuff, and some of them have like basically you're looking at like eight teams. Some of the eight teams are different depending on who's writing the article and stuff. Yeah. And I was like, Oh wow. Portsmouth, Ohio professional football team. Like it's like Jesus Christ. It was like one of uh God, it was like one of like three pro sports teams or something in Ohio at the time. Like Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Between like, especially like the old NFL, there's a lot of like we, the NFL incorporated a lot of teams from like, like the Western Pennsylvania, um, uh, there was like a name for this league. So like our region between, you know, especially between uh, Eastern Ohio, Western Pennsylvania, that's like, like this is like football, like professional football, like holy ground between our two states basically. So like there's a lot of, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of pro teams that are between, between Ohio and Pennsylvania. There's a lot of teams that essentially were in what would be the NFL, what became the NFL. Right, right. And, like, there was this one article, they said, dude, like, eight teams that were between only four states or something like that was, like, one of the original, like, NFLs and stuff. So, yeah, you're right, man. That is, like, that is football, like, football holy ground territory right there. Absolutely. All right, good question. All right, fucking back in this, finally. Um, uh, You know, let's just just finish off our one-pointers here before we jump into the hard ones. Okay. Um, so I got a, I got a sports potpourri one for you. This is some college hoops. Oregon has the longest drought between appearances in the Final Four. With uh, within two years and without going over, how long was this drought? Okay, so and this is college basketball. College basketball, Final Four. 
kind of final four for college basketball. How long is Oregon's drought? Okay. Uh, Jesus it it God, is over. Is... It has ended. But uh, okay, um, play that. Let's go with. You're right. It, it ended sometime recently. I, I remember 2017. Oregon... Yeah, they were good. okay. I remember them being good. That's right. Okay, let's go with. Oh, Jesus God! So now that you told me that, thank you very much for that hint. Um, let's go with. 31 years. 31 years. Is that your final answer? Final answer. I'm going to go ahead and add 47 onto it. Oh, my God. It's they, been that They long. won the first Final Four. And it took them they until did. 2017 to get back into it. Holy Christ. Wow. You know something? Like, I occasionally, like, I randomly scroll through, like, lists of national champions in college for random sports and stuff, and... I forgot that there was that early on victory and everything. Damn, dude! Like you're, like, wow, that's a long time. Okay, it's yeah, a long time. I was trying to, yeah, yeah. I was, I was trying to like. There's various like college football or college basketball memories that kind of stick out from, um, you know, from basically like you know from like high school to like my earlier youth and stuff. And I was just like, I was like, I was like, okay, I'm not really getting anything, but maybe they got in one really weird random year. But no, it's been a whew, damn. It's been a, that was a long fucking drought right there. Yep, very long time. Uh, and I believe they beat Ohio State in the championship game. Wow, now that's very interesting. Well, they couldn't do it in football. So. <laughs> <laughs> Hi yeah. oh, oh yeah, there's one for the Brohios out there. <laughs> yeah, 78 years though, and there's but like there's teams that. Have never been, uh, like oh. Northwestern's never been, um, Harvard's never. I mean, there's actually a bunch of teams that have never been to the yeah. Final Four um, that have essentially. I, I don't. I actually don't know if their droughts are longer though, because like, I don't think they've they've they been playing basketball as long. But like in terms of a team that has made it once and then took t- took some time off, took some took you know four generations worth of time off. Um, it was the it was the Oregon Ducks. Interesting. Very interesting. And go figure, they have Nike. Like, the guy who invented Nike uh, came from there. You yeah, I know. They have a better I basketball know. team. <laughs> you really think they would? you think they'd, they'd have the best basketball team in the country. You would think. You would think. <laughs> yeah, not the case, though. So, all right. So, we're going to move into some two-pointers here on my end. Let me see here. Okay. Here we go. Are you sure this we're two-pointers? Uh, oh, are we doing the one? We're doing one-pointers? Yeah, just finish out the one-pointers. Oh, okay. We only have a couple left. My bad. Okay. Uh, let me see here. Here is a one-pointer. Okay. Who was the coach of the Baltimore Colts in their loss to the Browns in the 1964 NFL championship game? Uh, my guess would be Shula. You are correct. Don fucking Shula yep. coaching even back in the goddamn 60s. The fucking man. man. That, I know. That, that guy, like – just what a fucking career just in general and stuff. And to have that kind of longevity in the NFL and in the world of steakhouses, I'm telling you, that is just, that is so goddamn impressive. <laughs> From, uh, where, where is he from? Grand River, Ohio? Grand River, Ohio, yep. dude, you bet. Grand yeah, River, so. Ohio's own. Um, boy, the, it, it, I don't, I don't remember this. I, I could be wrong on this. Um, did the Colts fire him? I am not a hundred percent on that. That seems like I, a really dumb move. <laughs> Like, oh yeah, I know. <laughs> like he got you two, he got you two in NFL championship game, and like because I feel like because I like I remember like I, I just I've seen like you know some like mini docs about about Don Shula before, and like 
like I know there was like an acrimonious split from Baltimore. Like that's like that's part of the reason why he, like either he left on his own accord and didn't want to be there, but it's just mm-hmm. like, man, could you imagine if you had you might you might have never left Baltimore if you don't fire Don Shula. Right, right. And you, I, I keep forgetting that like the Colts were in Baltimore even in like the '60s and stuff. Like in the 80s. Yeah, obviously, like yeah, in the '80s too. Like like I get just my entire conscious life, it's always been the Indianapolis Indianapolis Colts. And like when I've been to Indianapolis a couple of times and stuff, mm-hmm. and like I mean, you would just think that the, the way the town is with that team, you would think it's been there forever and stuff. But like, no, I mean, it was it was not in Indianapolis for the longest goddamn time. Yeah, I know, I know. It's like as as much as I've you know as much as I feel as much as I hate like the, you know the Browns move and everything else, like at least like the city put up a fight. They literally packed up vans in the middle of the night and their trucks in the middle of the night and took everything to Indianapolis. Like that was yeah. it. There was no, like, there wasn't even a chance to fight it. Yeah, I know, dude. Like, and it's just, it just shows, like, that when it all comes down to money, like, these owners, they do not give a shit. They'll move a fucking team and still sleep at night soundly without the, uh, without the white noise machine. Dude, Mm -hmm. I'm telling you. Like, that's the fans and everything. Like, I I keep going back to this image of Mike White, the mayor, when the Browns left and everything. It was on the cover of the plane, the plane dealer, and he was holding up this sign that said, NFL, no fan loyalty. And it's just like just truer statements have like never oh, yeah. been put onto signs before. Like it, it's just it's so true. Yeah, and what really burns me up about about the Browns is that Modell essentially like it, it, it was almost like if you stole a hundred dollars from someone and then like your reward was like you know you you cash it in whatever you 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 give that a hundred dollars to someone and then they give you back a hundred and two dollars. Yeah, <laughs> like that's essentially like the profit that he made off of off of selling the mm-hmm. uh, selling the Ravens when he did sell the Ravens. It, like, it was yeah. it was like a negligible amount, and it, like the city was willing to give him you know give him a stadium, give you know what I mean. Like there are concessions that, that they would have made for mm-hmm. him, and essentially like his big cash grab, like and you know was like a two percent interest it was like a two percent gain. Yeah, I know. what a like what a way to like screw over the city over like such a small ass amount of money and stuff. It's not like any amount of money is justifiable to me in that situation, right. but it's just like, dude, for such a small margin and shit, and like it's this is like one of these things where like, yeah, dude, I'm all I personally believe that these owners they have more than enough money to to build these stadiums, but it's like in this particular time, just cause this particular instance, when because it, it's the Browns, it almost just makes me want to be like, God, city of Cleveland, why didn't you just work with them? You know what I'm yeah. saying? So I, I guess like it maybe hits a little the argument and what I just said about billionaires paying for their own stadium. It may hit a little differently when it's your sports team, and especially when the Browns were good and like had they, you know, probably would have won that Ravens Super Bowl and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, um, like. That that was just like one of those times where it's just like, man, like we we really couldn't have done anything. We we couldn't have done anything to keep the Browns in town. It just kind of sucks. Yeah, I, I think it was it was more. I mean, I think the biggest part of it was Modell just wanted to leave. Like that, that mm-hmm. was it. And the NFL was more than happy to um to get the to get the relocation fees, the, the new merchandising fees, et cetera, et cetera, from a move to Baltimore. So. Yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, it's fucking money, dude. They do mm-hmm. not care about us. Nope, not at all. <laughs> not at all. All right. So our last one point question here for you, Chema. <clears throat> uh, let me find it here. It's oh, a little, little MLB question. My my last baseball question for you. Okay. <clears throat> Indians Hall of Famer Joe Sewell was one of the hardest players to strike out. What was his longest streak of games played without a strikeout? 
Within, same rules as before. Within, but I'll say within five without going over. Okay, so the longest, so, okay, so that doesn't imply a hit streak. So it's just a, not a strikeout. Okay. Um, oh, man. Let's go with, let's go with 58 games. 58 games. Is that your final answer? Final that answer, excuse me. Final answer. You're, you were off by a little bit, Chama. 115. <laughs> Oh, 115. Oh, I'm not going to lie. I was going to say 117. I'm not going to lie. But <laughs> I just like, I cut that in half at the last minute. Okay. Wow. Interesting. Okay. 115 that... games. I got, hold on. There is some Joe Sewell trivia for you here that is out, that is outlandish, especially given like our, you know, our time, you know, in the current baseball uh, era where like everyone strikes out all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so Joe Sewell Hundred that was in 1929. 115 consecutive games without a strikeout. Um, and let's see here. Let me count it up real quick. He played 14 seasons. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten seasons. He struck out less than ten times um, of those 14. And one, one, real quick. One, two, three, four, five, six. Six times he struck out five times or less. Oh my god! And, wow! And he's the hardest batter. He strikes out once every seventy-three plate appearances, or uh, you know that—that's you know what it works out to. Once every seventy-three plate appearances, there are guys that strike out now every other plate appearance. Yeah. Oh, dude, that is fucking lunacy, man! Like seventy-three plate appearances without a strikeout. Like, and I'm, I'm assuming that like so this is he could hit, he could fly out, and stuff like that, but. But to go without a strikeout is like once again, it's just like wow, you getting into a full count, you didn't just blindly swing at one for the hell of it and it miss. Like it, that's just amazing. Like I, that is serious. That's like a re, that's an incredible accomplishment right there. That really is. He yeah, and it, it's I mean, granted, the era he played in significantly different. Like he wasn't like the only guy not striking out. He was just like the best at it, and. He, I, I gotta, I gotta find it somewhere. Like this dude would, this dude would like drive in a hundred runs. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't like, granted, he wasn't a power hitter. He drove in like a hundred runs one year and only hit like five home runs, which is also like another bizarre sort of like, uh, right. I, like that's another bizarre thing. He has he has forty nine career home runs and over a thousand runs batted in. So like that's that's like another one of those like little bizarre um, statistics. But he like this is this is the thing that I found astonishing. So, according to his obituary, he played his entire major league career using only one bat. Really? Which, and this is, granted, this is sort of maybe a little bit folklorish, but using one bat, which he, this and this is so of the fucking time, which he kept in shape by rubbing with a Coke bottle and seasoning with chewing tobacco. <laughs> yeah, okay. What era is this again, really quick? Uh, 20s and 30s. Uh, okay. Oh, yeah, that is definitely of the era. That's for sure. I, I, for some reason, I'm having this image of a major league guy just like dipping and spitting it on his bat and stuff, you know, just like, like ha- holding the bat out and trying to spit on it. Um, and you're right about the folklore thing. Like it does sound a little folklore, but at the same time, like they built shit to last back in those days. So I, I mean, this, I, this, I, bat, I can see this, this bat was like a 40 ounce bat. I, I will, 
good luck finding anyone that's using a bat that's over like 34, 35 ounces. Like a 40 ounce bat is fucking enormous. Yeah. Holy fuck. Yeah, dude. Oh my God. Okay. So, wow. There's just, there's so much to unpack there, even with the bats. Like there's just, there's so many situations in my mind where I'm just like, you know, like, because like broken bats, like, like it happens and stuff like that. I mean, this is not like an uncommon occurrence, at least today. Today, yeah. And for some reason, like, I, I mean, this must be like the, the bat of justice or something like that. I mean, this is like. Only, only I, he I just, and Thor can pick it up. Yeah, that's right. Only he and Thor can pick it up. <laughs> and uh, yeah, oh my God, man. Like, I, there's a lot that I just kind of went through my mind. And like the whole thing with the Bad of Justice, that is not like something I just blurted off the top of my head. There was a show on, uh, like basically on daytime TV called like, um, it was like a court show. And the name of the court show is Escaping Me. But Cato Caitlin was the host of it. And the judge, <laughs> so like so like people would go on this show and like have a dispute. So if like, you know, if I owed you money or something, you take me to court the judge rules in your favor, but like, I got to do something really fucking dumb to like earn money to then give to you. Okay. So it's like, so I'd have to like, you know, like eat hog balls or something like that in X amount of time to get money to pay you and stuff. And the judge who's this judge named extreme Akeem, he had a bat of justice that he would bang on this, like unusually large judges bench that he that's sat about on. right. <laughs> yeah, that's about right. It was, it was Joe Sewell's bat. <laughs> Um, yeah, no shit. And, and, and just another couple of little tidbits, um, tidbits, trivia tidbits. In 1932, his second to last season, he was, he was playing with the Yankees then. He went 167 at-bats per strikeout. Um, that's like two months, basically, per strikeout. Yeah. Um, wow. And then he, he, got, he, made his, he made his debut on the, on the Indians because of the, because of the pitch that killed Ray Chapman. Really? Yeah, he was. He Ray Chapman was our star shortstop. Ray Chapman gets beaten in the head and dies, and that allowed Joe Sewell to come play. Oh my God, man! It just this whole thing just keeps on getting better and better right? and better. Like this, this might be the most interesting baseball player I think I've ever heard of. Right? I, this is this is one of the more fascinating things that I came across. Yeah, that is so goddamn interesting right now. Like I mean, just captivated by that right now. That is some unbelievable stuff right there. Joe Sewell, one of our one of our own. Actually, I wonder if he played before. I know we were the first team that had numbers. I can't. I don't remember if he has a number because he played yeah. so oh. damn early. Let me. Yeah. Yeah. When you go to, when you go to the the stadium next, see if he's in that like Hall of Famers garden or whatever that they had there. There's like those. Isn't there still an area of the stadium where they have? Yeah. There's a, like the, and everything. Yeah. Yeah. There is. I'm assuming if he's he's in the Major League Hall of Fame. So I'm going to go oh, ahead okay. and make the not okay. so wild guess that he's also yeah. <laughs> one of ours, right? Yeah, I don't. I don't think he had a number. So that's how, that's how early he was playing. Okay. Wow. Yeah, you're right. Cleveland was the first team to have numbers. That's right. Yeah. Anyway, that's impressive. That's that's impressive stuff right there. Yeah, that, that was that was. I think that was my like that was like my favorite trove of trivia that I came across because it was like one of those things like, wow, what do I pick out of this? Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of shit right. here that I could just. Yeah, pick. There's so much in there. That's right. Yeah, exactly. You told me like things that could have. There could have been five questions in there easily. <laughs> right. All right. There you go. Uh, Chama, throw me a one pointer here. All right, one pointer. Let's see what we got going on here. Okay. Um, I'm 
trying to think of like what I had like it's weird I, I didn't break them into like one and two pointers or some that like I could easily see being a two pointer but I don't want to get into that yet okay let's go with a boxing question all right okay who was the first person to knock out Cassius Clay oh man um to knock out Cassius Clay, and obviously it would have been in before a, he became a, Muhammad Ali. Professional um, fight. In a professional fight? Yes, professional fight. Yes, yes. I'm, I, I don't feel like they overlap, but Rocky Marciano? Not Rocky Marciano. This guy I never heard of. Like, okay, this dude is, who was it? His name's Sonny Banks. It was 1962, and it was Cassius Clay's 11th professional fight at Madison Square Garden. I have no idea who that is. No, no idea who the hell that is either, too. Yeah, like, no, so, like, Marciano might have been, like, a little, little bit, bit before, yeah, like, a little bit before that. Um, but, yeah, like, I, I figured that he... Like, I honestly, I thought he would have been knocked down by somebody a little bit more on the famous side. But I keep forgetting about the Cassius Clay part and exactly when that was in history and stuff. So um, this, like, timing-wise makes sense. But the the person, I like, was like, who the fuck is that dude, you know? Yeah, it's – yeah, I'm, I'm looking it up right now on Wikipedia. Um, oh, here's why you don't really know about him, because he died. Um <laughs> Uh, oh, in 1965 okay. in from injuries sustained in the ring so okay yeah that makes a whole lot of sense yeah like even still like i would have thought there would have been like some kind of like almost like cult status of this guy you know I mean, it's a very like it's an interesting story that the dude beat ali and everything so like i I'm just like okay like nobody made a movie about this like i haven't heard about this guy in any way so like i was interesting that the dude that knocked out ali the first time just i mean literally came and gone well yeah I mean, correct, but he was like twenty five and seven, and he was considered like an up and comer, and then he died. He's only twenty four. Yeah, he's only twenty four when he died. Yeah, like I'm waiting for like the movie to come out about this guy. You know, like at some uh, you point know what? It, it happened. Happens. It happened too long ago. I think is probably like why there isn't a movie. I gotcha. And he's not white. I, oh yeah, that too. Yeah, <laughs> that doesn't help. <laughs> yeah, that's um, a big one right there. <laughs> no, but like I like I mean like. Um, you know, like, uh, like if someone, like people dying in the ring in more recent times, like that's like a b- bigger news story, simply because like you had like news coverage of it, like there's video of mm-hmm. it, um, right? You know, right. like there's there's scant. I, I think there's actually footage of 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 this knockdown, but like there's probably that's like probably the only coverage of that fight at all. Period. That's dead though. That's very true. That's right. And yeah, you make a good point. Like number one, the race thing is number one. Like I would be safe to assume that when they decide what makes movies and what does not make movies, that is probably the number one factor. But like, I guess it's been so, so like 1962 to present, I almost think that like you could get into so many more interesting, like even guys who never really made it and stuff, you know, like mm-hmm. that, that movie, the fighter, like, I mean, I really like that movie. That was just such a crazy fucking story with Dick, Dickie and Mickey Ward and stuff. So yeah. uh, like, and a little bit of that is, I'm sorry, some of the stuff is a little bit more recent. So it's just like, the story is probably insanely fucking awesome. Like of the Stunny Banks, if it's a movie, it'd probably be amazing. But 
it might be like one of those things where like there's not a lot of familiarity with it so unless it's like scorsese doing it or something like that like it might be it might range into the like no one really cares about this topic territory yeah or and it could be maybe he just didn't have like I, I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and guess like a, a black guy growing up in in michigan in the 1940s uh, probably had issues but um but like maybe he didn't so like there is that's you true. know what i mean the, yeah that's true like, right there isn't just like a story of like struggle necessarily I gotcha. Yeah, 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 yeah. I understand. Yeah, could, that could easily be the case for sure. But it would be worth investigating. Uh, yeah, I, I was just sort of there is there is like fight footage, but you can tell like that's it. Like the fight footage that's on YouTube is the only fight footage of this. Like you're not going to find yeah. it anywhere else. Yeah, yeah. I gotcha. All right. Mark that. Mark that one. Okay. Cool. I believe heading into our more difficult questions now, we are tied up here, three to three. Yes. Yes, we are. Definitely. All right, so let's uh, so let's get down to the nitty gritty here, Chema. Um, should we? Yeah, we'll just we'll just keep going as as we are. Um, but I'll tell you what, this round you can select if you want to go straight for the three pointer, go for it. But if you want to just take one of the two pointers first, we can do that. Okay, let's go with um. You know, I'm going to go right to the thick of it. Let's do the three pointer right. first. Three pointer. This is uh this is from college sports. This is from college football. I guess. It now applies to pro football, but for the bulk of for the bulk of time, it's only applied to college. All right, so <clears throat> football scoring system is one of the most unique in sports. There are scores that are th- in theory possible, but have never been reached and likely will never be reached. However, there are some impossible scores. How many are there, and can you list any of them? So impossible scores. Yes. Okay. Oh my god. Wow, this is this is absolutely amazing. Oh my god, dude. You have a really good uh really good question here. This is thank you for making this a three-pointer by the way. Um okay. Um oh my god. I'm now like just scrolling through numbers in my head. I got to formulate an answer here. So, I would say that in terms of impossible scores, there are uh, technically wow. speaking before you go ahead and answer technically speaking obviously like a score of 150 to 145 isn't impossible just extraordinarily unlikely that anyone could that any two teams could score that much but there are right. scores that literally you cannot get to okay let's go with man this is so good I'm going to say that there are 32 scores that you cannot get to. Is that your final um, answer? That is my final answer, yes. There are six impossible scores. Wow. Oh, my God. Okay. Um, just tell me what they are right now. I'm, I'm like, I am rabbit holing my mind in so many okay. ways right now. And like, there's just, it's weird. Cause like you think about the number four and it's like, okay, okay, you know, safeties and stuff like that, I guess, you know, like, um, two safeties would be four points. So you could get to that score. Well, um, not, I think you took it the wrong way that you still would have got it wrong. Um, okay. the final score. Oh, the final score. Okay, I gotcha. Okay. Um, so six, okay. I totally went with that the wrong way. Um, 
Wait, I still don't nothing. think he would have gotten it, but so one nothing. I'm assuming is one of them. Right? One nothing, correct. Okay. Go ahead, try another one. Um, scores that cannot be gotten to. So it'll two nothing would be two nothing would exist. Um, you can get to eleven. Wow, my God, um, this is so fucking good, dude. You just want me to give them to you? Give them to me. Yeah, I'm like this could like this could by the time I would get done with this rabbit hole, I'd be the smartest person ever. But God only knows when that rabbit hole is going to end. All so, right. so you, you're correct. First one, one nothing is impossible. Two to one is impossible. Three to yep. one is impossible. Four to one is impossible. Five oh, yeah. to one is impossible. Seven to one is impossible. Good stuff. Yep, that's good. Yep, I totally didn't think about it like that. Yep, that makes all the sense in the world now. Um, and it's amazing. It's so much easier when you when it's put like that. That's really basically what just giving me the answer. <laughs> but uh, um, I love that. That was amazing. I am telling you, that was a really fucking good question right there. I never even considered that. Do you know how you can score? You know how you can score one point though? Because oh. six to one is a possible score. Okay. Um, no, I don't actually. How would you do that? It's a one point safety. It's only happened like four times in college football. Um, the most recent time it happened was like the 2013 Fiesta Bowl. The okay. extra point was blocked. Um, someone from Kansas State picked it up, ran back into the end zone to get away from a tackler, pitched it, and then that guy got tackled in the end zone. And it's a one point for. It's one point for I think it was oh yeah Oregon one point for Oregon. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. No, I never even heard of that. My God, I I, don't, I definitely was not watching that game, and I seriously, dude, never, never in my life have I heard of the one point safety. It's it is so it's interesting. An actual score. Only recently did it become a thing in the NFL, but um, it's been like I think the first time it happened was like in the seventies in, in in college football. Okay, is that so? The only time that it could happen then is when they're going for the an extra point or two point conversion. Then, uh, just an extra point, just the extra point. Okay, gotcha. Okay, wow, that's fucking that is deep shit right there. Like I, I, it, it's like I could see some way to score one point existing in football, but number one, like to have it like that, I just I just never really considered that. Like, I'm not really sure why it's even like why it's even a, a thing, but it is a thing. Yeah, I like so it. That's just I'm telling you, I'm so captivated by that. Like I just my entire like football playing and watching and experiencing life. Like I've never known about that. I mean, why would you? Yeah, I mean, they don't teach it to you in Pee Wee, <laughs> you know, like definitely not in high school and stuff, which is weird because if anything, a blocked field goal. Would more than likely happen in high school, right? Like it, well, it, it might not be. It might not be a rule in high school because it wasn't a rule in, in the NFL until recently. That's that is very very true too. Yeah, and like, dude, who knows? Like, it could be a high school rule in Texas or something, but not in Ohio or something. So Texas people know all about this shit. If you're playing ball down there, totally gotcha. Okay, fucking awesome. That was great. There you Loved go. It. Six six impossible scores. Um, now you know, Chump. See, that's that's definitely how you win a beer at a bar. Yeah, that, that is like that's like winning your fucking tab at the bar. That's mm-hmm. really good. That's a good question. All right, uh, Chema, I'm gonna. You know what? I'm gonna match you here. Let's let's go right for the three pointer. All right. Oh man, this is uh, 
I got to tell you this one, I've, I got into this um, topic pretty hard. Uh, so, okay. So since 1900, there have been three Crosstown World Series that have taken place outside of New York. Can you name all three World Series and what years they were? Ooh, I don't know if I can name the years, but we'll start with Oakland and San Francisco. That is correct. Yep. Um, I want to say... Ooh, shit. I want to... God damn. Um... For some reason, I for some reason I want to say the St. Louis Browns and the St. Louis Cardinals, but I feel like that might not be correct because the Browns weren't very good. Um, but I'll I'll stick that one on there. Don't tell me yet. And then Boston Braves, Boston, uh, Boston Red Sox. Dude, you got the one that I didn't think you were going to get. It's the Cardinals versus the Browns. That okay. is one. The A's and the Giants, and then it's actually the Cubs and the White Sox played each other in 1906. Oh, no shit. Yeah, I got to tell you, I am so surprised you got the St. Louis one. That like that one took me by surprise. Like That was one I was just like, oh, okay, wow, there's two St. Louis teams going at it in the World Series. But like the Cubs one, like, I guess it's just – I keep on forgetting that the Cubs had like spurts of being good, I, I guess. Oh, the Cubs you know were the Yankees – of like the thirties and forties back in like the early part of the century. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I I keep forgetting about, about that, you know, like I just, I'm basically like the Cubs are, you know, uh, my lifetime, not so good, not so good Pearl jam concert world series against the Indians and, you know, getting rid of you Darvish. Like that's like, that's the Cubs, you know, to me right now. Right, right, right. (laughs) Fuck. I can't, I, it's, it's weird. Like, I, I guess I just like, I kind of forgot. I, I actually kind of forgot that the White Sox were sort of a thing, but because like I'm remembering them because of the Black Sox scandal, not because right. of that they are actually because I, 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 and actually I feel like that is also one of the World Series that um, uh, that what's his face fixed, Rothstein. Yeah. That Rothstein fixed too. Like he fixed like yeah. all of them back then. Oh yeah, they get into it very. They should have did. did dived into that more in Boardwalk Empire, in my own personal opinion. They really, like, there were, Michael Stuhlbarg as Rothstein in that show was, like, one of the best fucking points and mm-hmm. one of the most underused characters on the show and stuff. And, like, that's the kind of stuff that I thought we were going to kind of get into. And then it was like, oh, no, we're just going to focus on Jimmy Bang and his mom. You know what I'm saying? So, like, yeah. that it's such a cool fucking story of history. And just the idea of being able to, like, fix the World Series in general and stuff, it's like, you know, it reaffirms that whole, like, it doesn't reaffirm, like, in today's setting or whatever, but it does, like, the whole, like, oh, all sports are fixed and all that stuff. Well, yeah, here's where they actually did it, and it was the World Series, you know? Right, right, exactly. It's, I mean, you know, you had guys making fucking <laughs> dog shit. <laughs> like, I, of right. course, if someone's going to pay me a lot of money to do something, uh, yeah, I'm going to do it. Oh, yeah, I mean, those guys' salaries are, like, nothing to what they are today and everything. And, like, yeah, you're right. Like, a dude like Arnold Rothstein comes around, and it's like, Hey, you guys wanted. You guys all want like fifteen grand a pop or whatever. Just throw throw a game. You're gonna do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Man, kind of, kind of, yeah. Fuck. I, you know, and like that was my first instinct was like, maybe the Cubs and the and the and the Sox played each other at some point in time. But yeah, one one with the one with the wrong one because you know what? Now that I'm really thinking about it, the the Boston Braves, pro, like 
like they play they played the Indians in the one World Series, but like mm-hmm. I feel like they weren't very good either, and that's part of the reason why they went to Milwaukee. Okay, but regardless, damn it, I was gotcha. close. Yeah, I got really big into the whole like um, crosstown World Series and stuff. Like looking after looking up the giant, uh, the Giants and A's World Series and mm-hmm. stuff like the, the the Bay Area Series or the Bart Series. As the they Bart call Series. It, oh, let's not do it. Let's just call it the Bay Area Series. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoops. I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. The Bay Area Rapid Transit Series. Yeah, it doesn't sound. Yeah, no, good, no thanks, but, no thanks. But yeah, yeah that's that's an excellent question there, right there too. That's really good. It, it's it's so cool to like think that you know like obviously like in cleveland and stuff we don't the city's population doesn't necessarily merit it but like these bigger cities like i, I could just imagine like how electric new york would have been like for oh the for, yeah yankees, for yankees dodgers stuff, back in the day like, like yeah yeah the yankees dodgers like the or yankees, yankees giants Men series yeah yeah all that stuff like it's just um I think it's something that's really cool. Maybe I'll get to see it out here in LA if um, the angels ever become something. But um, I, I just like, to me, like if um, I was a baseball fan of a t- you know, a teams in the world series and it just happens to be the cross town rival like that, has just got to be the best time for baseball right there. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. How many, um, how many were in New York then? Oh God, there's, it's, it's, like it, it's a good amount. It's like between. It's um, gotta be like eight to ten, right? Yeah, it's not like it's not like Mets Yankees, uh, you know, like once or whatever. But yeah, there's a couple of them. So it's um, let me uh, actually look that up really quick. But yeah, it has happened more than once in New York City. Um, Crosstown World Series. I mean, obviously, most recently Mets Yankees, but like Yankees Dodgers, I know at least like at least twice in New York played each other. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Jeez. They go figure. I thought that there was like an actual um, World Series like page for the specifically for Crosstown series that would just come up, but it did not. Um, oh, God. Now I actually like really want to know this. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I really do. Okay. I know. I'm, I'm like sort of, you know what? I'm going to, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole because we're going to be. It's going to be minutes of us Googling stuff, and that's always, right. good, always good podcasting. So um, I'll, I'll go ahead and – Chema, let's uh, – you got a two-pointer here. Uh, that's all we have left. So uh, two-point question, would you – I'll give you the choice. Would you rather be about the NBA or the NFL? Okay, let's go with the – let's go with the NBA. NBA, okay. Michael Jordan, Shaquille O'Neal, and Carl Malone all have 61-point games with one oddity in common. What is it? Um, they don't have triple doubles in those games. Is that your final answer? That is my final answer. None of them made a three-pointer. Oh, okay. Damn it. <laughs> Knew there was a triple something in there. <laughs> yeah. Now, now thinking about it. Yeah. The idea of Sha- Shaq's not making any three-pointers. No, that's just, no, you neither is Carl Malone. Actually, Michael Jordan did this twice. Um, but like, could you imagine now in today's NBA, Someone scoring 61 points off of two-pointers and free throws. No, not at all. <laughs> the, the center's going to take three three-pointers a game just right. for the hell of it. <laughs> I should have yeah, no. looked that up. I didn't see if – I'm sure Jordan attempted a three at least, but, you know, at least a couple uh, because he was not a, a great three-point shooter. But, like, yeah, obviously Shaq and Carl Malone did not. But, like, if this was in today's game – even if even if they were prime Shaq and Carl Malone, they're going to step out and take at least one or two threes, at least. Of course, 
Oh, of course. Yeah, without a doubt, dude. De- definitely. Yeah, that's not happening in, in today's um, NBA at all. <laughs> not, not, no one's even thinking about that. No, not at all. Yeah, 61 points off of twos and free throws. That's a lot of shots. That's a lot of yeah. shots. <laughs> that is definitely a lot of fucking shots. All right. Um, okay. Cross you off there then. Uh, all right. What do you so What do you me... have left, Chema? Okay, so let me see here. For this 2.1, we could go with hockey or college football. I'm going to go with college football. Okay. Um, which school has the most claimed national championships and how many? I, I feel like it would be Alabama, like, 16. Okay. Um, is that going to be your final answer? Yes. Okay. It is actually not the most claimed title. Wait, can, in, I, like, can I make a second guess? Yes. Just a real general. Is it an Ivy League school? It is. Okay, go ahead. Okay. It is Princeton yep. with 20. Now, a lot of these are old, old, Yeah, exactly, old. from like the 1870s yeah. and 80s. Right. Alabama has the most claimed titles in the modern, in, in like what would be, I guess, like some old right. slash modern era. Right. When then followed up by um, Ohio State, USC, and Michigan, I think, are the mm-hmm. in, in that order. But yeah, it's like it's it's Princeton at it's twenty eight, and then it goes to like it's either Harvard or Yale. It's Yale. Yale's the Yale. next one. Yep. All really old. like Yale is like all like prior to like nineteen forty or something. Like right. That. Exactly. Cause they they got to claim because like the Ivy League was like one of two leagues. Forever. That's right. And they got to, yeah. like, whoever won the Ivy League was the national champion. That's right. Yeah. And, like, man, that right there, that's never going to happen. Like, if Harvard ever even so much as plays in a bowl game, I will fucking be surprised. But, oh, they never, um, no, never. Yeah. Never. But, but, like, it's it's crazy to think, you know, like, that at one point in time, like, the Harvard Yales and stuff like that of the world were, like, claimed that they had some, somewhere in their schools had national uh, national championship banners or trophies for football. I know. Just they were, yeah, they were, they were powerhouses. Um, you know, granted, mm-hmm. there's only, like, eight schools. So, like, if you beat right. them, congratulations. Right, right. Yeah, and, dude, it really, like, I think, if anything, it, it says it's a real testament about, like, programs like Alabama, like the, the Ohio States and stuff like that, that, have maintained like a consistent level of dominance. Now, now you're not like, you know, there are points in time where Alabama wasn't going to national championships right, and stuff right. like that. I mean, and it's the same thing with Ohio state, but if you're talking about spread throughout the course of history, like uh, of the game and stuff to have a consistent relevancy for yeah, like 60 like, years, 60 years. Yeah. 60 years. It's just really impressive about these programs and, and stuff like that, you know, and how, and how they build their like success on the field and stuff. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, like I'll, I enjoy ragging on Michigan, but like they've been they've been a relevant team literally since the 1950s. Yeah, they've been, a, they've been a relevant team. It's really hard to do that. It's not not taking anything away from Princeton's titles, but it's way different when you're when like you're playing seven games a year and all you have to mm-hmm. do is like win six of those five of those games to be crowned the, you know, the, the Ivy league champion back in 1887. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's a world of difference than what, yeah. than what it is today and stuff like that, you know, and it, it's even crazy. Like, dude, when I think about it, like even like USC and stuff, like just for a West coast team, 
to have sustained relevance for True. 40 or 50 years. It's, it, it, that, that is just insane to me too. Cause like when you look at, um, when you look at like, as I did in research for this, like just these lists of national champions and stuff like that, I mean, you're like, like there's like not a lot of love on, on the West coast and stuff like that. I, I think like UCLA has got a couple like somewhere scattered throughout history and stuff like that. But like, I mean, you're looking at like no West coast representation for football, like really like, I mean, at all throughout the course of history with the exception of just like these handful of schools and for USC to, you know, to maintain that, that relevance and stuff like that. And they, they're not going to lie. They've been benefiting from preseason polls a lot in the, like the last 10 years or so, but um, just to have that like for a West coast team is incredibly impressive. Yeah, no, it is. It is. It's that's the, as far as, as far as college football goes, there has been and will always be Midwest and, uh, and Southeast bias. And for good reason, those are, that's because Ohio state, Alabama, Michigan, Florida, Georgia make mm-hmm. all the money. Oh yes, without a doubt, dude. And like I'm telling you, like if um, hope I know that this the pandemic like you know threw a wrench into everything and stuff like that. But like it would just be so great if we could get like you know I don't need every school in the Pac-12 to be relevant, but if you can get like five or six schools like. Um, maybe like maybe even four in the top 25 and stuff like that consistently throughout the course of the season. Like it's just so much better for the, the state of any sport in general. I've said it before and I will defend it to the day I die that it is better. Um, sports in general are better when the, when the West coast is relevant. I, I will agree with that. Plus, plus it's really boring. It's really boring watching night football when all the pack 12 teams suck. Yeah. Oh my God. I know, dude. Like I, I'm telling you going to bars out here, like just like, Hey, we're going to stop in for a couple drinks before we head back to the house, like kind of thing on Saturday night. And you're going up into the bars and like, it's man, it's like Arizona state playing Washington state. Like it's just nah, for man, nothing. It's, yeah. It's yeah. Like, yeah okay. Right. <laughs> even like, even during the pandemic, like with these schools playing each other, it's just like it just didn't feel all that right. And I'm glad that I'm glad they got a, I'm glad that they got a season in, but it's like when the rest of the state is on lockdown and there's like college football going on, it was just like, it was kind of weird. You know, it just didn't really feel, it didn't feel right. You know, yeah. Ohio state football, like in Ohio and stuff, for some reason that like felt a little bit more right, but just like, I don't know, just like the Pac-12 stuff. It's like, okay, we're on a six game schedule. It's just like, all right, you know, I guess if they want to play, let them play. Yeah. Yeah. All right, uh, Chema, your final question here. It's an NFL question. I, and I say that because I promise you it's an NFL question. <laughs> he was the first African-American elected to the Lacrosse Hall of Fame. Okay, all right. Lacrosse Hall of Fame. Let me see here. Okay, um... God, I like so. Yeah, it, Jim Brown, final answer. Jim Brown is your final answer. Yes, it is. You are correct. Oh, holy shit! Okay, just buried deep in the back of my mind, something and Jim Brown and lacrosse cross paths. Like he was a stud at Syracuse. That. Yes, like um, so the. I think it might have been that Express movie, the Ernie Davis story, which is a good fucking Disney sports movie, I, I might add. Because um, that takes place in Syracuse, and mm-hmm. he meets J- Jim Brown and stuff in the movie and stuff, and Jim Brown gives him that uh, all-inspiring speech about 
like racism and stuff like that and everything. And it's just, really, I tell you that like the, 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 the express, the Ernie Davis story for a Disney sports movie is, is actually pretty goddamn good. And somewhere in there, I feel that it's mentioned about him playing lacrosse too. Yeah. He, yeah, he, they actually had to change a bunch of rules because Jim Brown was so good at lacrosse. Um, <laughs> like that's like how obviously he's in the lacrosse hall of fame. Um, but like, yeah, he was so good at lacrosse. They had to like change certain rules, um, because he was just like too damn good. So Jim Brown is in three hall of fames. He's in the lacrosse hall of fame, college football hall of fame, pro football hall of fame. I, I'm telling you, like, it's why do you have to have that cloud hanging over you with the, the, the women? Abuse yeah, and I stuff know. Like that. Jim no, Brown. Like, you know what? Even bastards are really good at sports. So <laughs> yeah, actually Ty fucking Cobb and everything like that. Yep. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. So yeah. Wow. I got to tell you, I'm, I'm kind of impressed with that. Actually that, that moments of knowledge like that will never, ever happen again. I can promise you. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, that puts you in the lead. So I, I have to, I have to score here. Otherwise uh, you, you take the first, uh, you take the first, uh, I don't know, annual um, tri- sports trivia challenge. So uh, th- throw me your two pointer here, man. I, I gotta, I gotta, okay. I gotta try here. Okay, um, I did. I wrote down like a lot of questions. So if you want, I can give you options. If you want to pick no, one category, uh, what? Yeah, what do you have left? Okay, I have the hockey question. I was going to give you last round um, a sports, and then basically what is two sports potpourris? Do you know what? Give, give me give me the hockey question. I won't shy okay. away from it. If you're going to go with it, I'll go. I'll go with it. Okay. Okay. Um, what is the highest scoring game in NHL history? And can you give me the um, two teams and the score, give or take, um, give or take three goals? Definitely can't give you the teams, but I'll say, man, um, I'll say. 41 goals. Okay. The, um, the goals are 19. It was 19. a 16, 16 to three game between the Montreal Canadians and Quebec Bulldogs in 1920. Huh? 19. I would have thought that there would have been a much higher scoring game than that. Yeah. Let me like, I'm telling you like, that's what, that's what I saw. I'm going to quickly do a, uh, like hockey double check on that. Um, okay, wait, okay. No, that's 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 as far as I can find. That's that's also correct. Although, okay, I'd like. Let me hold on. Let me. I'm finding well one that has twelve to nine for twenty one goals. Okay. Oh shit. Okay. Sixteen to three. The one that you just mentioned. The, the first one I'm finding is actually 21 goals. Oh, okay. All right. I can give you another question then. Like I went to, yeah, I can give you another question. That's no problem. Yeah. Um, okay. All right. Throw, throw me one of the, yeah. I mean, I still would have been okay. wrong, but um, throw me one of the, throw me one of the sports potpourri ones. Okay. Your no choice. problem. Okay. Let me, um, okay. Give me one second there. Let me bring up my, um, my email sheets. Okay. Um, what was the first event ever at the old Cleveland Municipal Stadium in 1931. Oh, shit. Um, 
1931. Um, how specific do I have to be with the event? Okay. Um, you can name the the sport. I can name the sport. Okay. Yes. Um, I'm going to say it was a boxing match. You are correct. Ooh. Yes, it is. It is a world heavyweight championship between Max Schmeling, the Ambling Alp, and Young Stribling. It was the very, very first uh, event at Cleveland Stadium. I've actually known this stupid statistic for a while now because I uh, I was writing a script a long time ago, and it was music-driven and stuff. And at the time um, that I was writing it, this Yaysayer released their second album called Odd Blood and the second song i think is called ambling alp and ambling alp they referenced this boxer max schmeling and then through my wormhole process and everything it led me there and i was like oh wow this was the very very first event held at the old cleveland municipal stadium i did not know that it involved max schmeling who was one of the world's all-time good guys that is true actually i he had like a pretty decent public persona if i am not mistaken oh he saved children from nazi germany that's right. Yes, I saw a crack dot com article about that yeah. a long time ago. Yes, yeah, he that was, is definitely he was like Hitler's prized, too. you know, Hitler's like prized, you know, specimen, physical specimen, but he was like very anti Nazi and like actually like helped save children from from Nazi Germany. Yeah, that's right. Yes, I read about that and stuff. Yeah, that's a, another cool little fucking shtick. Uh, you don't really, not really a lot of athletes doing that kind of stuff. No, we also. You didn't don't have Hitler to fight, at least not we have Nazis, but not Hitler to fight. He he died not that long ago. He died like in the early two thousands. Wow. Yeah, that's a long fucking life right there. I think it was like a, I think it was like hundred or ninety nine or hundred or something like that. But I mean like, yeah, it wasn't like it, it it is that long ago, but at the same time, like, hey, that's someone within our like our conscious lifetime um mm-hmm. had this huge you know, like this hugely important person in the world also open also open Cleveland Municipal Stadium and like was conscious right. like within you know was a person within our conscious lifetime yeah it's fucking nuts dude i'm telling you like the um just all these like little crazy things and stuff that even still have looped over from our lifetime you know cuz we're we're kind of on that you know there's going to be like generations and stuff like that like people who are younger than us right now who have no connection to this crap whatsoever like they weren't even alive when some of this stuff was around and everything and like there's even people like their grandparents might not even be around and all that stuff so we're in like this really kind of like unique pocket like this little transitional period of history where we still like had the rotary phone and know what all that stuff is but Mm -hmm. also like you know had the some technological um you know, intelligence uh, about us in the world today. Right, right, right. Yeah, dude, there's, I mean, we're, we're like literally a couple of years away from the last of our World War II vets dying. Like, I know. A couple, I mean, literally a couple of years before they're all dead. Right. Yeah, that's, it's fucking nuts to think about that, dude. Like, you're right. I mean, we were talking five years or so, like, maybe yeah. like 10 at the most. And, um, to just to think that, like, you know, that happened so long ago that, you know, life cycles and everything like that, soldiers and stuff are no longer around. It's really fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chema, I'm calling this a tie. <laughs> right that now. is definitely a tie. Both, yes. We both have five points out of a possible, uh, what would it have been? Nine. What, I'm sorry. Nine, seven out of a possible 16 with a five point. So we did uh, slightly better than I thought both of us would do. Actually. Uh, I got to fucking tell you. Yes. I'm, 
very impressed that I managed to get more than one. Yeah, I, I, you know what? I'm going to give you the dub though because I cannot believe you pulled Cal Ripken out of your ass and that random fucking <laughs> minor league baseball question. Um, so I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you the the, the provisional dub uh, for this one. You are our first champion. Um, do, you, uh, do you have any other leftover questions we can just shoot through real quick? Dude, I had one. You're already going to know the answer to this because okay. I guarantee you saw it on ESPN this morning. I, I wrote this like thinking to be. I, I figured you would get it. I was like a little bit iffy on whether or not Dennis would get it or not. And I wrote the, like the question of like what happened the day of the OJ chase. And go fucking figure. The first thing I see on Instagram from ESPN this morning is, oh hey, this happened like you know like 30 years ago today or whatever. And yep. So so that's like a little more fresh in the minds than I think it would like it to be. But I, that was one of my questions was to rant off everything that happened on that day. Gotcha. Yeah. I, I still distinctly remember watching the, the Rockets and Knicks um, uh, play during the, and like they had like the chase basically taking up like three quarters of the screen, four fifths mm-hmm. of the screen. And then like, I'm like watching Hakeem Olajuwon and in, in Ewing and like this tiny fucking corner um, of a screen, like it, or sorry, uh, magic, magic. Yeah. Magic. Yeah. Or not a magic. Um, like in this fucking tiny corner of a screen, <laughs> like that, that's like, that's what will stick out the most to me about the, uh, the, the OJ chase. Yeah. Like I remember, um, my mom was like, like either out on a date or like out on a town or something like that, like out of town that weekend. And my grandmother was staying with us and like, here we are just like watching TV, like late at night. And then all of a sudden it breaks to the freaking OJ chase and everything. It was like, really? Like, holy shit. Like, I, I mean, I, I'm pretty safe to assume that was like the first time in my life that anything like that happened. And then as I've gotten older and stuff, there's just been like, you know, I mean, it's basically like one Wikipedia. It's like a 10 minute reading on Wikipedia or whatever. But there's like all this kind of like interesting folklore surrounding that day, mm-hmm. and particularly like with the world of sports and stuff. And just to think that like not one, but like five kind of milestones in sports all happened on the same day. It's, just, mm-hmm. it's really, unu- really unusual, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like uh, I, I did not do the timing though, where like I didn't even enter in my mind that like today we would be recording it on like the anniversary. Right, of that day. right. I don't know. It, that that still would have been a fun one though. Especially, I think that would have been a good uh, warm up one, a good one pointer. Um, let's see here. Okay, I have I have one for you. Um, of okay, this current NBA franchise is the only team amongst the top five title winners in terms of the number of titles. Um, to have a franchise winning percentage below 500. Oh, it's, um, just the Cavs, right? No, we only have oh, one. Uh, <laughs> so we're, we're not up there with the Lakers, Celtics, oh, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, let me see here. So can you rephrase that again for me really quick? This Jay, current NBA franchise, hold on. This current NBA yeah. franchise is the only team amongst the top five title winners. So, but top five title winning franchises. Okay, gotcha. They have the they're okay. the five with the most. Um, this there's only one team that's below five hundred in the franchise's history. Okay, top five title winners. I'm just scrolling through everybody who's got all multiple titles. Just just oh, guess, Chama. Oh, no, no, it's not not on the screen <laughs> in my mind and stuff. Um, uh, the Warriors. That's correct. Golden State Warriors. That's okay. Yeah, that's they were pretty not great for a very long time. For, yes, for about so twenty years right. stretch, they were not very good. Post post nineteen seventies, they were they were pretty bad. Yeah, like I'm seeming to remember, like 
a brief stint of relevance with like Tim Hardaway and stuff. They had like, Hardaway and Mullen, but like they yeah. were they were playing at that point in time. Like they they're just better teams stacked on top of them. Yeah. they just couldn't do anything. Right. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. Like I'm can kind of remember like trading baseball cards and stuff like that with Jason Johnson and everything, and um, like just the, the Warriors and stuff, kind of sort of being relevant at that time. But you're right. Like that was like a whole different league and stuff back then. So. Mm. Yeah, they have, they have six titles and their their franchise winning percentage is like point. It's like forty eight percent or something like that. Yeah, it's like so. One of the titles was like early on as San Francisco, and then they have like a title from, from the seventies or something as. Oh, they have, they have a bunch right? of the forties, then seventies, and then the most recent ones. Okay, gotcha. Okay, that's right. Gotcha. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah, the old San Francisco team. I think won a bunch of stuff back then. That's right. Uh, well, were they the same, or they might have been the Oakland Oaks? I think then. Oh, okay. Yeah, Jesus, God, I keep forgetting they're older. Like, the, the NBA teams could, you know, like the Lakers and stuff or the Minneapolis moved, Lakers. The fucking, they, back yeah. then, NBA teams moved everywhere. Like, they, I mean, they literally, I think Golden State has moved between San Francisco and Oakland like fucking five times. Oh, I believe it. I definitely believe that. And I, I keep forgetting that, like, Cincinnati had the Royals, the Royals. which became the, the, Kings the Kings and stuff. Kings, and, yeah. Yeah, and like if you even look at like there's a homage I think there's an old like throwback Cincinnati Royals T-shirt. It's like the same fucking logo just with mm-hmm. Cincinnati Royals instead of Sacramento right. Kings on it. Right, exactly. Um, here I got I have two more for you that are kind of funny. Um, last year Miguel Yahere pitched for the Yankees and made history by wearing the last unused number in baseball. Uh, just as close as you can get to it. What was that number? Oh god, the last unused number in baseball. 96? Uh you're fairly close. Uh 89. Oh, okay. Okay. But like the funny thing was last year the last 3 unused numbers were used. No shit. Okay. Your 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 hurray or I think it's your hurray just happened to be the last one. But um the yeah, but the last un three numbers in the history of baseball were finally used last year. Yeah, somebody right there was definitely like I can guarantee you somebody was doing research and was just like I want this number like it seems like that's two three of the most unused numbers in the same year seems like almost too much of a coincidence like there's somebody doing research behind that probably pro- probably be well maybe but I, I would say probably it was just sort of because of the strangeness of last year you had a lot of guys you know they had a lot of guys go to that alternate site that were they probably shouldn't have been in the major leagues in any capacity unnecessarily. Yeah. And it was right. just, you have like the equipment, you know, the equipment managers who keep track of numbers and things like very particular stuff. They were probably like, well, shit, you know, if I, if I give this relief pitcher number 89, that closes that like, I can, I can say that the Yankees had the last, you know, as my tenure as the equipment guy for the Yankees, I had the last unused number. Yeah. Okay. I gotcha. I gotcha. Interesting stuff, dude. Yeah, like it's. I keep forgetting that even statistics like that exist, you know. And right, it's just it's just that once again attributing to how interesting and how cool sports trivia could be and stuff, or trivia in general can be. Um, let's see here. Oh, I have, I have just one last one. You know, this was in case, you know, we had like tight. You know, we had two similar questions or something. But last one here. Um, without going over, how many penalty minutes did Ben? This is a hockey question. How many penalty minutes did Ben Smith, the least penalized NHL player with over 200 games play, accrue in his career? Hmm. So penalty minutes. Let's see. Uh, six? Ooh, eight. 
Eight. Okay. Okay. Ooh, eight penalty minutes in okay. two hundred games. Two hundred and thirty-seven games played. Jesus God, dude, that's fucking insane too. Like you, you it seems like you, I've, been to, think, I've been to hockey games. I think everybody goes in the penalty box throughout the course of a game. Right. You would think. Sorry. <clears throat> you would think that like in the course of a couple of games, just back to back, wherever you would accidentally accrue a couple of two minute penalties or a four minute penalty or something. Right. Yeah, I know. But then to go 200 games and only have eight minutes in the penalty box, like, Jesus Christ, dude. That's definitely not Happy Gilmore, that's for sure. But, like, man, I, I just, like, I, I'm trying to imagine, like, what kind of hockey you're playing. To You must be playing, like, the most smartest, uh, fundamentally sound hockey to ever exist, if that's, if that's the case. Yeah, sorry about that. I started talking and oh. didn't unmute myself. Um yeah, it's it's that's like sort of like what he was known as, like like one of the smart guys who was not, and he was like a rotational player, you know, he wasn't going to start and like you know play in, you know, he wasn't going to play in that many shifts, but nonetheless, like you got to be a smart dude to not get any like, literally, there are two minute penalties you think you would just over time in the course of a season accrue, and he didn't get any of yeah. those. Yeah, dude, no fucking shit, man. That's amazing. That's a really amazing feat right there. There's a guy, just real quickly here while I'm, like, looking at the screen. There's a guy playing currently who's kind of, like, the standard for that. It's, who is it? Ryan O'Reilly, in, at this point now, 860 career games, has 124 penalty minutes total. Damn. Damn. And, he, and he's, yeah, like, a regular, you know, like, top-of-the-rotation type player. Yeah, holy fucking shit, man. My God. That's a lot. It's, it's, well, it's not a lot. It's a lot of games. Wait, not a lot of penalty minutes. 124, yeah, 860 yeah. games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're right. Yes. It's like three yes. minutes. It's like under three minutes a game. My God. Like, or under, I just, under three. Yeah, something like that. Sorry. Doesn't really matter. But regardless. Yeah, like, I'm just, like, impressed by this because, like, I, with how violent and how physical hockey is, like, the fact that you're not accumulating time in the box, like just in general is like so surprising to me. It's like, I mean, like just how easy it is to commit a penalty, like, you know, like a skating into like, like you can't stop or whatever. You're just like running into somebody really fast, like a, something like along those lines, like an extra physical, like you, something. Yeah. It's if amazing. you accidentally bring your stick up and hit someone with it, that's like a, that's like a 10 minute major. Yeah, and like, it's the fact that you're not even doing something that simple is—it's just—it's incredible. There's, I like, because I was originally going to go with like most penalty minutes, and I was like, eh, th that you know what? What's 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 the inverse of this that actually was kind of interesting? But like, just to contrast that, so um, Ryan O'Reilly, like I said, 860 uh, career games played, um, 124 penalty minutes. The most penalized player is Dave Tiger Williams. So in a comparable amount of games, he played in 962 games. He has 3,900 penalty minutes. Oh, wow. He literally has over 30 times as many. My God. Jesus, God, that's a lot of penalties. And oh, he, my God. He played back in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, um, or 70s and 80s mostly. So, like, it, it was a different game back then. But, like, that's like getting into a fight every game. Yeah, that's right. Holy shit. Like, was he, like, one of those, like, enforcer-type people? Like, oh, yeah. Some, like, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, like, there's got to be, like, you have to be in in a position to get that kind of minutes. You know, yeah. it's not like the, the center is going to get that much time or something. 
Right. Gretzky is probably fairly low on that list of penalty minutes as well because he had... I, I forgot who his fucking enforcer was, but like it, it was someone on this list of like the mm-hmm. most penalized players played with Gretzky in Edmonton. And like that was his job. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, go get in a fight so Gretzky doesn't have to. <laughs> right. Free up the great one. Now... <laughs> Uh, any yeah any other any other like little uh trivia tidbits or anything that you thought was interesting that you came across okay i did and this is sort of a house cleaning from last week too. okay so like it's not like so we we were talking last week um about uh like black owned breweries and stuff like that african-american owned breweries and stuff here in yeah. america and like um I was wondering about that because we, we like at the end of the conversation about like you know to do something with the lakefront there are only 31 African-American-owned breweries in America. And there's got to be 31 breweries in Northeast Ohio there are. alone. <laughs> Literally you know? there are. And, like, um, that, was, that was, like, my – that's the only, like, like trivia-like thing that I had to kind of contribute and stuff like that. Like, I think any of the other questions I had were, like, really fucking easy, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, let me see here. I – Okay. Oh, yeah, this one I think you would have gotten. Um, who was the last player in the NBA to achieve a quadruple double? I want to say, oh, man, I, I in my head I feel like Draymond missed out on one recently, like in the last couple of years. Yes, so he did. Probably, probably Akeem Olajuwon. It was David Robinson. Actually. David Robinson, okay. Yeah, which was right in that same era mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So, yeah, that was my last actual question. And then we had this house cleaning thing on the outline and stuff. I wanted to mention that too, which is a little piece I, of trivia as well. I, you know what? Just real. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up since we kind of since I skipped over it completely. Um, but it, it's actually kind of fine. Um, we, we, we talked about just to get to this real quick. We talked. This is actually kind of trivia ish. Um, we talked about like the you know the the basically the offensive slowdown in baseball. And mm-hmm. it, I, like basically the that Sports Illustrated article came out at the same time detailing uh, the pitcher's use of like sticky agents, sticky stuff, tacky agents, yeah. grip enhancers, whatever you want to call them, um, mm-hmm. and like really detailed exactly mm-hmm. how much more sophisticated that has become. And mm-hmm. so like while I still maintain that like the approach that most players take is awful, um, it's pretty clear that like this is also making things. I think the approach is maybe one third of it. And it's very clear that it's like pitchers forever used pine tar, um, you know, a little bit of pine tar, like in their, in their palm to help get a grip. And right. everyone was always okay with it because it, it just didn't do anything. But the, like now they're using essentially fucking super glue to get mm-hmm. a, to get a grip, to make the ball stick. And while everyone was okay with like the pine tar stuff, now you're seeing um, these pitchers get, significantly more rpms out of their out of their pitches where mm-hmm. obviously it makes a makes a slider a little sharper curveball a little sharper but like where it's having the biggest impact and where i'm where i've noticed this is the amount of guys that are swinging underneath 93 mile an hour fastballs 92 mile an hour fastballs it doesn't like the sticky agent isn't going to add speed to anything that you do but it adds more rotations so you're as a hitter, especially these guys who are you know been playing for 10, 15 years, they are they know what a baseball does. Like like a four seam fastball, it, its backspin helps it stay on the same plane a little bit longer, but like no matter what, it still has to drop because of the laws of physics. So mm-hmm. baseball players for a long time have been trained to sort of 
their eyeballs are seeing one thing and they're they have to sort of program themselves to like you're seeing it here but by the time you swing it's going to be lower it's because it's right. just going to drop but now you add 40 50 60 rpms or in some cases like 150 rpms the ball doesn't drop anymore it stays almost on the exact same line and that's why you're seeing so many watch a baseball game and watch how many well probably not now since the baseball has announced a crackdown but like go back and like watch some of these pitchers throw really you know okay to to mid even middling fastballs and guys swing underneath them because they're not where they're supposed to be interesting that's very interesting like i i've heard about this rpm uh discussion over the course of the last like couple of weeks basically since we um did the last right. episode and um i know that they're doing this like this outlawing of it and everything like that and um like i i can't think of a specific like pitch off the top of my head that i could reference like what you were saying about the drop and everything but like i i could definitely see that and i understand like what you're saying about like the way you train your eyes to see certain things too like there's you're just going to kind of get a feel for like when a ball usually drops and stuff you know there's it's almost like um I guess like a, it's almost like there's like a drop zone or something like that. Like at some point in time, like the ball is going to cave right. like 90% of the time or whatever. And the fact that the ball doesn't do that, like it, it just adds a whole other like kind of angle and layer to this, to this, you know, kind of issue that baseball is facing right now. And the fact that it's like that specific about stuff is just incredible. I, I find that extremely fascinating that they, you know, that, it's come down to like this much, this much detail about what's going on. Mm-hmm. And stuff. It's it, yeah. Like again, like there's pine tar was always sort of accepted, but you have guys now like buying, like buying stuff that like is buying sticking agent that is supposed to only be for bats. That is like super tacky. And like, I, I guess you, you like there, there are players that can like hear certain pitchers, you know, like that sound, like when you pull a bandage off, Mm-hmm. There are players that say they can hear certain pitchers. Every time they throw, that sound comes off their fingers. It's the ball pulling at their skin. Oh wow, Jesus! So it's like Christ. it's more than it's more. You know, when you go back twenty, twenty-five years, oh, fuck, the guys have been using pine tar probably since like the forties, um, mm-hmm. or since whatever it was fucking created. And like, they never, they never heard that before. Like, no one ever complained that fucking Bob Feller had the sound of like skin ripping. Because he had right. so much pine tar on his on his fingers, um, and then like I don't know if you remember a few years ago, four, three four years ago maybe, the the Yadi Molina weird wild pitch. Yadi goes coming, Yadi goes down to block a my head, Yadi goes down to block a ball, and he loses it, and he doesn't know where it is. It's stuck to his chest protector. That picture that's been making. Okay, yeah. I yes, I've seen this picture. That gee, how the fuck does that it. happen? Right. Yeah, I know. My God, like that, it seems like at that point in time, it's like just insanely excessive. You know, if you're hearing like what sounds like flesh ripping off of the hand every time the ball comes, like I would think like you as a professional pitcher wouldn't necessarily need all of that, you know, like to the point where, you know, the ball is sticking to the fucking catcher. Yeah. I mean, well, you know, if it gets you more outs. Like I, I think I heard I heard on the radio the other day when I was um, when I was driving around. I can't remember who it was. I want to say it was Andrew Filipponi. Was made a really clear distinction about this that I agree with. That this is like way worse than the steroid era because mm-hmm. everyone was on steroids. Right. Pitchers, oh, hitters, yeah. everyone was on steroids. This is yep. way different because it's 
totally shifting the sport in favor of one per, of one side of the ball. Oh yeah, they, um, they broke down this discussion on ninety two point three uh, with Bull and Fox this past uh, week or Did so they? or whatever. I know okay. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yes, and um, yeah, dude, that is such a great point. With st- the steroid era, anybody could get themselves juiced up. You know what I'm saying? Like Roger Clemens is a pitcher to Barry Bonds as a batter and yep. stuff like that. Like anybody could take steroids or open to anybody. This you're right. Shifts a lot of power and a lot of um, favor in into one position. It's like nobody else. Like, I mean, I guess like the team or whatever benefits, but there's no other, this, this isn't going to anybody else. Like pine tar, on a batter's hands is not going to be the same thing as pine tar being on a pitcher's hands and what they're able to do with the ball right. and stuff. And if I'm not mistaken, like I know I'm going to, I think I'm going to botch the name here, but it, it's Garrett Cole or something yeah. came out this past week and um, was making the thing. He got hurt. You know, he's talking uh, about no, was, Tyler glass. Now Tyler glass. Now that's right. Yeah. It's, it sounded like um, the, the glass nose thing from the eighties and stuff like that. That's right. Um, he comes out and like he got hurt or whatever, and he's describing like this injury. Oh wow, we just had an earthquake. Oh yeah, yeah, we just had a quake for real. Holy shit. Okay. Um. Anyway, <laughs> but uh, but uh. Anyway, so like um. Yeah, let me go make sure the rest of my house ain't all fucked up. Hold on one second. But um, the uh, he's talking about this injury that he had, and you know like. I didn't think about like how this could actually like affect like a pitcher's arm and stuff like that, you know? And, um, you know, he's talking about like the soreness and like strains in the muscles and everything. And I'm hearing this and I'm like, I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm sorry you're in pain. Like, you know, I don't want anybody to like be in pain or whatever, but it's like, you're basically saying, it's like, yeah, I can't do my job now that I don't have the advantage and everything, you know, like, Oh, I was throwing all this stuff and now I can't yeah, do that. But he wasn't one of the ones using the tacky agents. Okay. Okay. His he uses sunscreen and rosin. And rosin. That's right. Yeah. And that's that's exactly right. And like um, which says even more about the people using the tacking agents and well, the advantage that they get. What it says to yeah, but what it says to me is that by the way, if you violate this, you're going to get a worse penalty than any of the Houston Astros got. Right. Um, they're not they're not doing anything. It's a ten game suspension. Like you're still getting paid and everything. Like it's nothing. I, well, I, I don't care. I, I actually don't care about the penalty. What I what I care about is that we're going to go from zero to a hundred on 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 tolerance and, and penalties for this, whereas they should talk to the pitchers about what you can use, because mm-hmm. it, the batters. I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now. All the batters would definitely strongly prefer the pitchers have a good grip on the ball. That's true. Let's no, end up in your fucking very... heads. Yeah, oh yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, definitely on that. And like, and so, I guess so what like, they need to do is go back and go and go like, okay, so what what is okay, and what are some people using that is that is that is upping the spin rate by a hundred and fifty RPMs? Like that's the mm-hmm. stuff that needs to be out. But if you're talking, if you're telling me that sunscreen and the rosin that's available to you is how you get a grip on the ball and it doesn't affect the spin rate, fine, who cares? Use it. Right. Yeah, that I could that I could be cool with and stuff. And you're right. And like, if it you know, the hitters are going to like learn how to hit these pitches like eventually and stuff like that. You know, so if, if rosin and sunscreen or something like that, if you're if the pitcher, you're going to eventually learn what I'm saying. If you study the pitcher and study all that, whatever they're using in terms of that is going to be something I feel you can learn. Well, is the sticky stuff 
it might be a little bit different. I, I don't think you'd be able to adapt as well as a hitter if you, if they had like the sticky tar advantage and everything. Yeah, there. Yeah, there. Like, there's some stories about like some relievers that go into like the training room and are using like medical glue and stuff mixed with things, and like that. That's like a whole nother level as opposed to again what pitchers have been doing for decades to make mm-hmm. sure that the ball stays in their hand. Like that's just it's a it's a it's a different level. It would be. It would be like if suddenly batters came up and like, you know, some someone figure out a way to make a bat like twice as wide, but like it still weighs the same and still is aerodynamic. Like, yeah, like that's really like batting averages and shit are going to skyrocket. And like, then what do you do? Like you have to like go, okay, well, we can't let you do this with the bat. That, that, mm-hmm. That's pretty much clear. But what can we do? What, how could we accommodate you? So like, so hitting isn't like an impossible task. Right, I gotcha. Yeah, I understand for sure. What do you think about them doing just doing it in the middle of the season? Bad like, idea. Hey, this... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> bad idea. Like, I, I mean, at this point, like, cat's sort of out of the bag. I mean, like, again, it's like a it's a secret that every single team it's the worst kept secret that every single team is keeping from I don't know no one. They just don't want their pitchers to get caught. So like, right. there should have been like a hey, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do this next year, or like what they did with the with the Astros, gather as much information as you can and then like talk to the players, the pitchers specifically, talk to them about like what what they can use that would increase you know, that would help them keep a grip without like hilariously altering the spin rates of baseballs. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like I I'm sure that with all the genius and science minds or whatever, they'll end up coming up with some kind of compromise and eventually and stuff, you know, and then there'll, mm-hmm. there'll be a whole, uh, then there'll be a whole new thing for people to try to get around and, and break the, the rules. And everything I, know. Like I know. Yeah. I mean, I get it. Like you, you're right. Like they're going to try to push that as far as they can. But like, if you can, if there was like something like standardized that like pitchers knew that like, Hey, you're allowed to put X amount of, you know, X amount of um, pine tar or whatever substance they decide. I, I like. I think every pitcher would be like, okay, like, yeah. At least right now, every pitcher would be like, fine, better than nothing. Yeah, that's right. And believe me, if they could always go to a Vagisil, which will give you another three to four inch drop on your curveball, you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Chum. I don't have anything else. Uh, do you have any any last final thoughts here? I have no other final thoughts. I think that this actually turned into a pretty decent episode. It was like, pretty fun. Is, yeah, like. It's there's something about it when in terms of like conversation, just asking the different questions back and forth. Like, yeah, it seemed to all go really, really smoothly. Like there was I I figured this episode would be fun, but like I I guess I didn't think that I would enjoy it as much. I thought I'd be like getting my ass kicked questions wise or whatever. But uh, yeah, (laughs) and I'm not going to lie. like We're going to have to do somewhat of a rematch here because even though I was declared the victor, this does kind of seem like one of those, like, you know, banging your sister kind of victories and stuff. Like (laughs) it's, it's like, um, yeah, like there's something about it. Like, um, I'm trying to think of like the appropriate movie reference, maybe like Creed number two when Drago gets the, the belt and like the, the, there's some kind of weird way that Drago gets the belt in the beginning of Mm -hmm. Creed two. That's escaping me. So we're going to have to do a rematch on this for like, like a legitimate crown. All right. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, all right. That's it. Uh, chum, you want to lead us out of here then? Yeah, you bet. I definitely will. Everybody out there, thank you very much for tuning into this installment of The Occasionalist. It's Adam Chemilewski and Matthew Pagel. We're going to wish you the best, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.